Cyberpunk 2021? Blink if Hideo Kojima is in the room with you. All right, Chris. Hello. I'm joined once again by your beautiful voice so that our listeners can once again have your opinions, hot takes, and all of the good gaming content that they can get from you and I as the dream team here, the new dream team, uh, as you fill in another week for Saul. Just as a quick update for everyone, I will still leave this up to Saul for him to talk about in as much depth as he chooses, but his health issues are a little bit more severe than was initially thought. So I have spoken with Chris behind the scenes and for the next two to four weeks, depending on when Saul starts to feel better, um, both physically and kind of mentally with everything going on that he will come back to the show. So everyone give a big shout out to Chris for letting the show still happen throughout this time. Uh, and everyone keeps Saul in your thoughts. If uh, you know, he's been doing the show forever. So some of you have been with us so long. Y'all have already reached out to us and, and said some very kind words. So we appreciate it. Uh, and everyone else, we just appreciate your patience because we've been going through some stuff, but Chris, first and foremost, buddy, welcome to triangle squared episode 216. Hi, thanks for having me again. <laughs> <laughs> again. <laughs> so here we are, lucky number 216, and we got to start to show off the time-honored tradition of uh, what have you been up to this week? What have you been playing? Because we had yet another week of me seeing your weird little <laughs> downloads hitting my phone notification. What'd which, by see? the way, can we talk about how Sony acted like you were supposed to be able to control which PlayStation's notifications got sent to you, and that doesn't work at all? No. I feel really bad about it sometimes, actually. Like, <laughs> like I'll go to download something and be like, oh, it's like 2 a.m. I don't know if I should have a notification show up on his phone at 3 that oh, I downloaded <laughs> Pixel Pocket XL for the trophies. <laughs> No, you're fine. Trust me. My phone is constantly on silent, so you will not wake me up. You don't have to worry Excellent. about that at all. Perfect. Yeah, it's it on vibrate, weird, but it doesn't vibrate like obnoxiously loud, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, right. That's You know, we started the last episode with a weird question, and this mm. isn't nearly as hot take. I don't think like you're a sociopath or anything like that <laughs> okay. if you do this, but do you keep your phone on loud at all times? No. I only have it on loud... I, you know what though I actually actually I do keep it there but I'll be honest with you it's because I'm very I have my I have like custom ringtones and I want to hear them so, so. Hey, it, that's a reasonable explanation for why you still choose to do that yeah I think that there's at least something to that you know like oh well I've set custom ringtones for certain people and I'll without even having to be near my phone I'll know who's calling me oh it's not even that dude I'm just a gigantic nerd where my Discord notification is the PS3 ch- uh, trophy notification. My uh-huh. text is the PS5 Platinum. And nice. then my regular notification is the Sheikah Slate. So okay. I'm just like, I'm nerdy as hell and I like it. <laughs> yeah, Heck. fair enough. That's cool. Man, it, it makes me think of the times back when I was so excited about the the ring back feature. Where yeah, whenever the, oh, you, yes. you called someone or if someone called you and you could set a, phone, a, a song yep. that would be playing through the phone. And that's so dumb because of how bad it sounded, but I was so excited. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to have uh, Sean Kingston's Beautiful Girl as my ring back tone. <laughs> Your trying, way to be... Sorry. I'm trying to remember <laughs> what mine was. Because I, I remember being really excited about it, and it was a song I was really into at the time. I don't it, remember. But Country Grammar this. by Nelly. 
Oh, God, no, it wasn't that. <laughs> uh, I remember one thing was that some of the biggest bands I was into at that point was, still weren't on there because I guess they were still a little too controversial. Mm. So like, I remember wanting a Slipknot one, but it wasn't there. I think the heaviest one I could find, it might have been a Stained song. <laughs> okay. I think it might have been For You by oh, Stained. I, I don't know. It's been so long. It's hard to remember, but I just remember how stoked I was. Also, did you ever remember the time period when you could like text a song to this play or you go online and you would put the song into this thing you choose what part of it you want it to be your ringtone yes. and then you yep. text and it to da- you yep. and download it and you had yep. to pay for it yes dude i remember having have a, come so far dude i used to have to do these like convoluted like make the ringtone save as mp3 then convert it so that i could put it into itunes so that i could put it on my phone and it would work as a ringtone and now i just downloaded an app and it has everything i want <laughs> <laughs> See, mine was, I had a little, uh, the first time I ever did that, I had this Samsung slide-up phone. So it's one that still had like a normal keypad with T9 texting. And (laughs) so that was how I got it on there. And it was so far back that I remember like to get headphones to listen to music from it because it was one of the first like non-Apple MP3 phones. Yeah. I had, it had like a custom connector that like plugged into the charging port and it was super (laughs) obnoxious and annoying and special and it was a nightmare. It was the worst thing in the world. I think, the, uh, but I loved the phone at the time. You know, yeah. For me, the biggest indication of quality in phones is when I was a kid, and my dad wanted to punish me. He would just take my phone and snap it in half, and then buy a new one the next week. And I don't Bro, think he'd what? ever do that now. <laughs> well, because my parents always paid for it, and the phones were like thirty dollars at the time, right? So if my dad ever got pissed at me for grace, you just snap it and then you just go Bro. get another one. It took me forever to get a phone. I had to convince my mom to buy me a Virgin Mobile phone. And it was like a $20, uh, it was a $20 flip phone. Yeah. <laughs> and I had that phone for a solid year and a half. And half the time I had it, it didn't even have any minutes left on it. <laughs> like, you know, like I'd have to re up and be like, okay, I want to text for a little bit and call for a little bit, and then oh, I got two weeks where I'm out of I'm out of minutes now yeah. until I re up. You can only you can only text on the weekends or after eight p.m. Yeah, so it was a big <laughs> deal when I finally got like a real phone. <laughs> And I told him I babied that thing. And my mom, there's no way. My mom would have never. We couldn't even. My mom would be like, well, you broke the $30 phone. You won't have another phone for four years. <laughs> yeah, my dad was just always very aggressive about it. And then he'd be like, here's another one. Don't screw up again. <laughs> I love that. But it, but And I'm not saying that this is how your dad is. But it paints a picture of your dad to where he's just like, yeah, we're such big money that I'm mad at you. Crack. <laughs> I think it's I think it's me being such a poor kid that like my family would never break anything just to prove a point to someone else. Yeah. It was like if you broke something, it's like that was value that is no longer around. What have you done? See, I think it was more just like when I was a kid, I would buy like an extra Xbox controller that I would hide for when my parents took mine. Oh yeah. So I think it was more just like, nah, you're actually screwed. <laughs> Snaps in half. You can't do anything for a week. You're screwed. See, I love that you said that. My mom, whenever I used to play computer a lot, like I'd play Silk Road online and RuneScape and stuff. She'd take the ball out of the mouse? (laughs) For a while, yes. Uh, (laughs) Even after that, though, she got to a point where she would take my mouse and keyboard is what she tried to do the first time. And I said, well, mom, I listen to all my music through my... 
<laughs> I installed my music through my computer. Can you just leave the mouse so that I can at least select Windows Media Player and put the songs on and go to sleep? Because yeah. I used to sleep to music. <clears throat> and so she said, yeah. And I remember as soon as she would leave, I'd pull up the virtual keyboard <laughs> yep. where you could click the ones you wanted to type. Yeah, I was like, never missed a moment of that RuneScape. It was a little more work to say anything, <laughs> but damn it, I was going to do it. I respect the hustle, man. Yeah, you have to have the hustle. And I thought about doing that, too, seeing if I could get a secondary keyboard yeah. just to have it hidden. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. But that was back <laughs> in those. Do you remember the the purple port that was like the PS2 yes. port is what it was called? Yep. Uh, rough times. I hate those things. Yeah. No, it's so weird if you see a modern motherboard with it. They still do exist. And it's nice <laughs> because they, there's no drivers needed just because yeah. of the way they work. So sometimes you end up having to use it when your USB drivers are just acting funky. Oh, no way. I don't yeah, even think it, mine has the ports anymore. I'm trying right. to remember. I could see the back of mine. Give me two seconds. I got to check. It's your boy. It's a combo one, though. There's only a single. Oh, Instead of there you. being two, it's half green, half purple. So you can plug in either a mouse or a keyboard. <laughs> Good Computer times. Computer was built for uh, grounded Brett, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, let me pull out my old 1997. For a while, I, did, I actually did have that. When yeah. we finally moved up to where one of my mom's friends gave us like an old Windows ME mm -hmm. um, that we could play on. She had, um, which was like Windows 2000, but uh, it was like 2004 or five at that point as well. That computer was already way old and it was not a good one to begin with, but yeah. she would take it out and remove it. And we still had this really old Windows 97 that someone had given us. And so I'd pull it out and be like, I'm not going to miss a beat. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my old family computer is still uh, in my garage, actually. I remember when my dad got it when I was a kid. And then I got it taken away because I downloaded a bunch of porn illegally. That was sick. Bam. That was the a one good two, conversation. The one-two punch, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, bud, did you torrent MILFs teach kids? <laughs> you, you know, that sounded real bad. But you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it was the, the fun part about that was the race between, like, you knowing, like, your parents would call you on the phone and be like, are you doing okay, bud? I'm on my way home. And, like, I lived out in the country. So I'm like, if my mom's at work and she's coming home, it was before the interstate was built out. So yeah. I was like, I got, I got 20 minutes. And it was the race against dial-up <laughs> pictures and, and, and just seeing what you could do in that small window of time. Yeah, exactly. But we've derailed this conversation enough, Chris. <laughs> what did you end up playing this week? Um, I've played a lot, actually. I think one of them will probably tie into a topic later, but I decided okay. to uh, cut through all the blue box games stuff, and I just played Silent Hill 2. Uh, uh, so so are, you telling me, are you telling me that one of the games you played was an ARG? Yes, I have been <laughs> playing an ARG for a long time. Whether it's actually meant to be one or not. It's absolutely an ARG at this point. But... Um, Silent Hill 2, I played that uh, through PS Now, which I have had Oh, the HD version? Yeah. Uh, I've had okay. absolutely no issues with PS Now. I'm kind of blown away. It yeah. was like, it's like seamless. Um, then uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and then MLB, Dirt 5, Apex, you know, the usual <laughs> Your the run usual through bands. from last week. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think I talked about Apex last week, but Apex. Uh, you game. didn't. Um, you also played... A little bit of Dark Void, if I can remember correctly. I did play a little bit of Dark Void. That game is real bad. <laughs> <laughs> that game is real bad. Yeah. 
I knew it was bad because I was having absolutely no lag issues whatsoever with PS Now, and I still couldn't hit my targets because of all the jittering. <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay, this is, this is rough. I remember how janky the demo felt back whenever it was coming out, and yeah. I remember how the demo made me just feel like, wait, this is just Uncharted in not space, but, you mm -hmm. know, this is sci-fi Uncharted with worse characters. This is Uncharted if Nathan Drake was wearing Isaac Clarke's costume basically and could fly <laughs> yeah. oh, man. i do want to go back and platinum that game because there's something alluring to me about trash you know that because if you listen to midweek matinee which uh me and brett also do together um i talk about how i just love bad movies so maybe it translates maybe i just love bad games because it i it mean seemed interesting yeah i i don't know what it is i definitely know that you have that allure where i think the difference though is that a bad game is something that you like you're tangibly having to fight whereas yeah. a bad movie is something that you can sit back and watch the train wreck that's true that's and i think it's point. a little more interesting that you that you there's an allure to a bad game but you know what i think it might partially be you can tell me how yeah. right i am or not okay, is it partially it. because of how low the platinum number is because it's not that great of a game so part of you wants to be that like 25th hundred person to actually get the platinum for this game just yes. so you can say you have it that that yes that's why i'm very much looking forward to buying fast and the furious crossroads when it goes on sale see i um, want to try it so i'm I glad can't. you said that <laughs> i'm genuinely excited to play that um but yeah i mean that numbers that's the reason i want to platinum silent hill too because it's supposed to be incredibly difficult it's very rare I, I'm, a, I'm i like the rare platinum so that is definitely part of it i'm with you i mean definitely like you know that allure of a early game platinum where it's like if it's a my best example was last year with mortal shell yeah when it was a really challenging platinum that not a lot of people had specifically because of the shellless run yes and there is something to it where every time i was starting to get frustrated about the shellless run there was that thing in the back of my head like but so few people have this platinum yeah like if well, you get it it's even more worth it than a normal platinum because there's exactly the bragging rights are are more alive <laughs> yeah that's like um I don't know if you remember when Wasteland 3 came out. I was like binging it because yeah. for the first two or three weeks, no one had the Platinum. And I came very close to being the first one in the world to get it. And then someone got it and I never played Wasteland 3 again. <laughs> <laughs> and see, what's weird about that is looking forward of how much of a tug the trophies have on you. Because the entire time you were doing that, you were, and you may still think this, you can tell me. That's the mm. curiosity here. The entire time you were playing that game, and talking about the fact that it hadn't had a trophy, you were acting as though that game was one of the best games you've ever played. It is. And then as soon as someone else got the Platinum, you dropped it like it was the worst game in the world. No. Um, Wasteland 3 is my game of the year from last year. But okay. um, the reason I fell off it was because when I didn't get the Platinum, I had already secured a PS5, and I was like, okay, I'm going to wait because the load times are really long. Okay, and then yeah. by the time I got the PS5, I, my, the time had passed for Wasteland 3. And it was just one of those things where you dropped it and never picked it back up? Yeah, because I, I, I would have to start 50 hours into the campaign and try and finish it or start a 50-hour campaign over again, and I've decided to do neither. <laughs> well, yeah, and that'll come into something that's in the news, but that's an unfortunate thing uh, about the some of the stuff with moving to the next-gen versions on certain yeah. things. So that's cool. I mean my week was far less exciting i pretty much just played more biomutant i did beat my uh, biomutant earlier today yeah um and at first i was going to just drop it and not go for the platinum but it's really not that hard to get the platinum no it's not so i think i'm gonna go ahead and put the extra 10 hours into it finally 
I haven't gotten a platinum <laughs> in a long time. I know. And you've the, just been over there with the ability to rack them up. And you might have even been racking them up and playing the old don't say anything about it move that I employed so I'm successfully. S- I'm still so mad. Why did you bring it up? I'm so mad about it. Because <laughs> I wanted you to think about it. I was so far ahead for so long. <laughs> I was so comfortable. I stopped. Pl- I started playing Apex again. Dude, I had dropped that shows, for months. It just shows how sly I could be. Because I was I, impressive. Immediately. It, was, I knew. it won't happen again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Towards the end this year, you're going to be like <laughs> looking like a hawk. <laughs> I'm gonna unfringe you and hide my trophies. I mean, okay, I'll log into your account. <laughs> Wait a minute, I, I didn't is, think it through. This is bad. That's the funny thing is because like we've talked about on the show, like I have unreasonable spending habits. So you have like, I think if you went through my list, you have a solid hundred platinums you could get very easily. Probably, yeah. It, <laughs> so like if I. If I really wanted to beat you, <laughs> you could make it happen. Yeah. Well, I put myself at disadvantage because I've gotten most of them already. <laughs> well, and that was the funny thing, too. Toward the end of last year, you were getting some of those games, and it just ended up being this thing of like any game that was like easy but looked like it was okay. Because you know my rule I won't get a platinum for a game that I just don't like. Well, you did degree. Road Bustle, and Road I, Bustle sucks. I didn't but it was hate that 30 game. seconds. Oh, I, I hated it. I didn't hate but I like Frogger. Now, it's okay, not fair. as good as Frogger. No, it's, um, not. it's not nearly as tight but there was that allure of i actually to get that platinum it took me longer than it took you i'm pretty sure because really? i actually screwed up and had to get back up to the high end and i kept screwing up and i was like now it's just i'm going to do this which there's something to that right there's nothing that can happen in my name is mayo that i can fail on it would almost be more funny if there was a fail state in My Name is Mayo. Like, you can get to 2,499 taps, and then yeah. right before the 2,500 one that would get you the plat- uh, the platinum, it breaks. Like, you hit square instead of X on accident, and it it's like resets. restarts you. <laughs> so, uh, for some context, my Road Bustle Platinum took 4 minutes and 48 seconds. I'd have to go look at mine. I want to say it was like 20 minutes. <laughs> Damn, and you I really didn't, uh... I, didn't, I didn't hate the game the entire time I was playing it. Though it's immediately obvious that there's nothing more to play in that game, which is yeah. also true of Frogger. Whenever I was sure. a kid, I would play Frogger 3D or whatever it was called, the PS1 mm-hmm. one. Um, I'd play it for about 30 minutes, about once every six months. Because <laughs> I'd be <laughs> like, this is really fun for 30 minutes. And now I'm done. I think the yeah. longest I ever played that game was an hour and a half to actually beat it. Start to oh, really? Yeah. I think the best one of those easy platinums was Explosion so far. Explosion, Explosion was really rocks. fun. It was much more difficult to platinum on PS Vita than on oh, PS4. Oh, I'm not surprised. Because it took me a while on PS4. Because yeah. I couldn't figure out the mechanics, which is the problem. But. I knew the mechanics. It's just the the slightly shorter um, analog stick on the Vita has a higher dead zone as well. So it's a little uh, hard to be as precise. Fair. But, yeah, I mean, it was, but it was a good challenge. It did make the game more challenging, which made it feel like more of an earned platinum than some yeah, games. So that was fair. cool. Um, yeah, but I played Bob Mutant, beat it, going to do that. Uh, my next, I guess, plan is to go into Ratchet and Clank. Yes. I so am. we'll see how that ends up going. So if I'm lucky, I'll be able to start pla- uh, Ratchet and Clank sometime towards the end of next week if I get the Bob Mutant Platinum fairly decently. But who knows? I got work on the house next door that I bought. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Night's coming on Tuesday as we've moved it from Thursday. So, eh, you know, we'll see what ends up happening because then Wednesday is movie night, Thursday is podcast night. So it's just the the, the ball keeps rolling ever yeah. so 
So it's going to have to be like a bunch of lunch gameplay stints to try and get the platinum on Biomutant. <laughs> but those work hey, sometimes. One a day, that's only 10 days. <laughs> that's true. If I can knock out one trophy every lunch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Chris, we're going to move into the uh, community's take that Ooh. I sadly put up so, so last minute. Uh, but thankfully we had some people answer. So thank you all to who answered. Um, Chris, I don't know which ones you have access to. So I have discord. Okay. You want to run the discord ones and I'll grab the, uh, the ones off of Facebook. Absolutely. Totally. Thank you, sir. Of course. All right. Uh, do you want to grab a discord one first? Sure. Um, let's see. The question was what game reveal from any E3 made you the most excited? If it eventually released, did it live up to those expectations? We have Kai Grimm. I one think of our patrons, for, one of our patrons. He was talking about this E3. He said he was very excited for Starfield. Um, yeah. So this E3 is looking forward to Starfield, uh, Elden Ring. And I think he would be correct. Those games do look great. Yeah, I like that he said, "Can Elden Rings bring uh, Elden Ring bring me to the Dark Souls Bloodborne genre of games when it comes out?" Yeah, and it's weird because a lot of people say, "Well, if you didn't like those, or if you never had an allure to try those, why would you do this one?" But the weirdest thing I've seen is that um, Sekiro brought in a lot of people to the Soulsborne mm-hmm. games where they played Sekiro for whatever reason, ended up falling in love with its challenge and then worked backwards to play the Dark Souls, the Demon Souls, and Bloodborne that they'd never played and yeah. just became huge fans of the series. Those so I think are. pretty much any any FromSoft game seems to be like a jumping in point for someone to go back and fall in love with that type of mm-hmm. game. Sekiro's crazy to me, man, because that one... I think that's the hardest one. I don't know I, how that's people's first. I won 100... Well, okay, it's not the hardest one. Uh, really, I don't know. Because I, I would argue because in all the other ones, you can over-level, and the game is very easy if you true. do that. That's true. Sekiro is an entirely skill-based game, and I can't get past the first boss. Yeah, so. Sekiro is like <clears throat> crazy skill-based. I mean, I've gotten decently far in the game, but it's a very different beast. And it's why I think it's interesting that people work back from it, because it's far less of an RPG. It's more of a it's not even really an action rpg i mean like you could say that because as everybody's like you're always playing a role in a game so technically all games are rpgs you want a hot take you want a very hot sekiro take what sekiro is a metroidvania i actually think that that's uh i mean all bloodborne games and stuff are in my opinion as well they're just far more rpg based yeah i guess i would argue that you have to play i don't know for me, it's like you have to play through Sekiro and acquire the skills in real life to be able to get to the next part, you know? Which to me, I don't feel that personally so, in other hold ones. Hold on. Are you telling me that Sekiro is a Metroidvania by way of what it makes you do in real life? Yes. <laughs> You've got to search within yourself to find well, yeah. the skills. Think, think about it, right? Because let's say Axiom Verge is the one I've played. So you have to go okay. to, you have to get one thing in the next level to be able to pass something earlier to get a collectible or whatever in Sekiro you have to learn to dodge the lance enemies to be able to dodge the lance enemies and continue through the game it is a metroidvania except the upgrades are in real life and it's (laughs) kind of sick like you've got to figure out okay you've got to learn how to parry by deep uh, digging deep within yourself and searching for the ability to parry kojima has tried multiple times to do this real life in games thing and from software is the only one who pulled it off properly (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I think that's probably the hot take is that he's the only one that's done that. But I will say, I think I oddly agree with you. I think it's an interesting way to view it. Yeah. Yeah. He's the only one I know of who's done it anyway. And uh, Arkham Asylum. Arkham Asylum. Interesting. Or City, one of the two. The, uh, when the game fake crashes for Scarecrow. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Asylum. And that yes. is awesome. I love it. Yeah. That that's a that's a great moment. To be yes. fair, I think that Kojima's gotten moments like that too. If anything, I remember that feeling like a moment of like psychomantis to me. Well, um, yeah, I should be honest. I've never played a Metal Gear game outside of five. Oh well, then you have zero opinion here. I'm not gonna say zero. You have very uninformed opinion. I was be, it was a very hot take, but I would still argue that actual real life skill is more impressive than. Oh, I see you like Konami games. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. I've just never played the game, all right? <laughs> yeah, but there's something about experiencing it, you know? I it, do, it definitely does change the way you view it. Like, oh, yeah. it, you can boil anything down to feel, to sound too simplistic to where it's like, why is anyone even excited about that? Yeah, I, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> take enough words away. <laughs> uh, Kyle did uh, go through and say, because I, I kind of asked him, like, were there any other previous EP, uh, E3s that got something to excite you? And I thought it was kind of cool. He said, to be honest, when it came to E3 or any of these events, I never really knew much about them until you guys brought all this stuff to my attention. So it feels really cool to have kind of brought someone up to where they look at something like E3 and be like, oh, now I'm excited about it because of what these guys talk about. He kind of does what I think everyone did prior to podcast, right? Whenever Mm -hmm. we didn't know when E3 was to the same way that we do now is you just, just go get the GameStop game informers or you'd get them in the mail or you'd go to the store and you'd just kind of see announcements after that was cool, but it's so much more fun. Definitely in the heyday of E3 where it's like, you're just there for every announcement. <laughs> yes, exactly. Did, did you ever, yeah. uh, do you remember PSX, the little yearly yes. event that they would do? Did you ever get to go to one of those or did you want to? I wanted to, I never got to, they canceled the one I wanted to go to. Yeah. I went twice and both times were super fun. Uh, but the first time when they announced The Last of Us 2, dude, oh. like, you know the excitement you feel over something whenever you see it on TV and it's just you or you and a couple of friends and, like, there's that, like, tingly feeling? When you're in a room full of people who just, like, lose their crap collectively in one second, there's, like, a – I some people don't believe about like the energy of humans and like how it can somewhat like transition based off of how much is in a room and how it can rub off on you. But Mm -hmm. I don't even know if there was a way for anyone in that room, even the most like jaded of people who hated the last of us one to not feel something deep inside their soul. When that room burst into like the craziest gasp of like, Holy, this is the last of us too. Like whenever they, finally got to that shot of the stop sign with the fly firefly logo and it was like obvious what it was now yeah it just blew up and i don't know if i've ever felt anything as wicked as that in my entire life <laughs> like in a cool way <clears throat> no that sounds incredible that felt more spiritual than anything i've ever felt in the church <laughs> which <laughs> is interesting and probably my hot take for the episode that's fair so that was cool i'm a pre- I, i'm glad we could give that to you kai and uh, thank you for being a patron man uh, let's see. I'm going to go over real quick to our Facebook where one of our patrons, Josh Ayers, said, I remember laying in bed watching E3 2015 where Sony announced Final Fantasy VII Remake. Loved it. And I can tell you right now, Josh absolutely loved Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, so 
I think that the answer comes down and that is mirrored by Josh Shoup who joined me uh, for the episode that our patrons can listen to right now of Spoiler Chats where instead of Chris joining me um, because he didn't want to talk about Near Replicant not uh, at all Josh joined <laughs> me to uh, talk all about Near Replicant so if you want to check that out <clears throat> either go and join our patron at patreon.com slash nartech or wait till next Friday where it hits all free feeds either yep. way hope you enjoy it uh, Josh says I cried when Final Fantasy 7 remake was announced yes it lived up to that hype all right uh <laughs> <laughs> hey look man i don't I, know if i've ever cried but i've had moments of where like my eyes watered because of excitement that's fair i mean <clears throat> i don't know the only thing i might have been close was when uh the sequel to my favorite video game of all time so actually i should rephrase my second favorite video game of all time now was announced to come out on my birthday that was pretty sick what game is that uh fallout 4 Fallout 4 came out on your it, birthday. Nice. Yeah. Ratchet and Clank was my birthday game uh, yeah. in recent memory. I think there's been other ones. Yeah. Uh, I think the closest <clears throat> I've ever gotten was when Kingdom Hearts 3 was finally like revealed, which don't get me wrong, it was revealed way too early. But when they did that one-two punch with reshowing Final Fantasy 13 versus when it was still going to be a Nomura game and it, it looked <laughs> far more interesting than 15 ended up being. Yeah. And then immediately followed it up with that reveal of Kingdom Hearts 3. I literally felt my chest tighten up and like I couldn't breathe because it was just like excitement didn't even wash over me. It like punched me into the ground. Like it literally felt like someone punched my chest because it was so like, I can't believe it. You know, Kingdom Hearts 3 has been the the white well of my gaming thing for so many years. And it's finally here. I think part of it is I've never had a game like that, you know? Yeah, fair. I, I, mean, I can't. What, you told me that you really got big into gaming in the 360 gen, uh, gen right? Uh, OG Xbox. OG Xbox, that's right. 360 that's right. gen was when I started having money to buy my own stuff. Yeah, same with me on PS3, uh, though it was still toward the late side of that. Yeah. Because um, it wasn't until I actually had a job when I was 17 that I was like able to buy anything I wanted and everything mm-hmm. I wanted. Um, and I took that to heart, boy. I used to get like four or five games a year from my parents oh, and try too. and buy a used one every now and then. Uh, but man, whenever I got that job, because I worked at GameStop too, I, I bought like 35 games a year, minimum. <laughs> Dude, it was bad when I was a kid. I would I would work next to a GameStop, so I would just get my check and spend all of it. I was like known <laughs> as the guy who had everything. And Working then I would trade at GameStop it was awesome because it was oh, just like as soon as everything comes in, you're just like, okay, you know that <laughs> check you just gave me? Here we go. Uh, take it back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Kingdom Hearts, I think. I remember <clears throat> I I played the first Kingdom Hearts when I was like seven maybe because um, we rented it from Blockbuster. And of course, it had like it looked like Final Fantasy 9 which I had been playing to some degree at that point uh, and like the way the art looked to me but then it also had Disney people so of course little 7 year old me is like oh shit bro look it's uh, it's, it's it's Mickey and Goofy and Donald Duck um, <laughs> and I just like playing that was like the first time that we had ever rented something and I could not get past the um, the um, part in the beginning with Tarzan's Jungle because I was just too dumb and inexperienced as a kid like i didn't mm-hmm. understand how modern and that was also that transition into 3d more whereas like i still didn't have a full grasp on how 3d mechanics were working in comparison to primarily playing like either 2d games or platforming games on ps1 so it was just interesting and i ended up falling in love with that game it was like i didn't get to play that game again for like another three years 
And when, <laughs> really? and, but it stayed on my mind always. Like, I will one day buy this game and play it to start to finish. But it did get into my mind whenever they came out with uh, the Game Boy version of mm-hmm. Chain of Memories that I was immediately like, Mom, buy this for me. And I beat Chain <laughs> of Memories with Hell zero yeah. clue what was going on because I didn't play the first game all the way through. <laughs> I think the only game I would freak out about is if they remastered Jet Set Radio Future. You think you're like you think you might even cry? I would cry, yeah. Yeah, see? And but, I think that's what it is, right? Final see, Fantasy Seven for a lot of people is that cry game because it was like that first big RPG they played when they were young. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I never played it. Nostalgia, um, man. Nostalgia drives so hard. Like I tell you right now, if they made a and they almost did, if they made a new Boogerman game, I might I might cry. <laughs> Dude, I would be excited for a Jet Set Radio Future remake because I would hope to God that they re-release the soundtrack on vinyl and I would pay unlimited money for it. <laughs> that game does have a banger soundtrack. It's though. the best soundtrack of all time. I can't it's believe so good. I can't believe they've not remastered that game at all, though. Like when I know, they, when, when they announced the original Jet Set uh, Radio remaster, I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, it makes total sense. And I was like, so, so surely they would end up bringing Future. And I've never seen it. So I didn't know if it was like tied into publishing deal with microsoft where microsoft and sega co-published it or what i've been i've never really bothered to look it up but it wasn't exclusive so Um, that might be the case yeah it could be i don't know it's i that is my like i want to get another copy and beat it because i played hours of that game as a child and i could never beat it and i remember the last the level i couldn't beat So now it's also taunting you that it, you, yeah. <laughs> this is what I couldn't beat as a kid. Exactly. One of the other games that did that as a kid that I think about all the time was uh, when we, for Sega Genesis, we rented the Beavis and Butthead game. <laughs> and I've never played it again since, but my brain is constantly thinking about this level where you're at the school and mm-hmm. you're having to like puzzle solve by like moving the TV tray cart outside of the room and then going. And I never could figure out what the hell to do. But I had a blast knowing that I was playing a Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> so... <laughs> it was what it is. Uh, it's perfect. Let's see. Uh, Jehudi MD, I think he's our last answer for this because uh, it was very short notice. So thank you guys who did. He says over on our Discord, but you can join in the description below. I would say Final Fantasy VII Remake. A lot of love for that. <clears throat> the hype surrounding the very first trailer was out of this world, and after playing the game, I would say it lived to that hype and beyond for me. Loved every minute of it and excited to get a hold of the rest of the episodes. Final Fantasy VII Remake's interesting, because did you start that one? Yeah, I got uh, to the house. Okay, I thought so. And I know we talked about it, because you've not played most Final Fantasy games, right? I have never played a Final Fantasy game outside of that. Though I am playing Tactics on my phone. Oh, word, the original Tactics? Uh, Through an emulator? OTL or whatever. Oh, War of the Lions, the PSP yes. one? Yes, that one. Yeah, dude, that's a that's a fantastic game. It's a that's a remake of the first one, uh, yeah. and they you know ended up adding a little bit to the story and doing that beautiful animation. Yeah, it's really good. I like it. Yeah, so that's, far. A, that's a good game. Though, I mean, it, yeah, it is a Final Fantasy game, but not in a traditional sense. <laughs> so interesting. Even Final Fantasy VII remake, depending on who you talk to, would not be a traditional Final Fantasy. I think it's all a little bit of poppycock though, because Final Fantasy's always changed up their battle system. So it's not that weird that now we're in the time where a lot of it's addicted to being the popular thing at the time, which is real time. Absolutely, sir. 
All right. Well, there. All that love for Final Fantasy remake is uh, Final Fantasy Seven remake is is here and there, and it's gone. So, <laughs> thanks everyone for answering. I do remember that was a cool moment, and uh, the Last Guardian was that same E three where they finally reannounced that, and that mm-hmm. was also another big moment for me because I was even more excited than the original reveal because I had replayed Ico and Shadow of the Colossus so many times that I, like I had become like a legit um, Fumito Ueda like fanboy yeah so it was just like here we are and that game was <clears> awesome <throat> i really loved it and it did live up to that hype for me i did not play it it's interesting i mean it's it's far more ico than it is shadow of the colossus and a lot of I've, people started loving those games because of shadow of the colossus yeah and so you may have never played any of his games i've never played any of his games yeah but <laughs> if you go into it, if you play shadow and love it and then go into that one expecting that it's it's not what you're getting so yeah. I think that was a weird thing because when you fall, it, it's kind of like what we were talking about pre-show where you come out with Skyrim and then someone plays Skyrim and then loves it and then the next game comes out and it's nothing like Skyrim. You either People will either still love it because they'll find their own thing or they'll be like, this isn't, this isn't Skyrim at all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So This is kinda. the Batman Skyrim. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> this game really makes you feel like Skyrim. <laughs> I mean, we are going to hop into the news, but before we do so, remember that this show happens because of you guys and because of us. Thankfully, you guys support us, and it's awesome. You can head over to Patreon if you want to become a supporter. Like I mentioned, you get early access to certain episodes, like our midweek matinee content, which right now is late for Fast 7 because of me. Uh, Chris did his editing for it to go up Friday, and I ended up having to edit the near thing, and it just kind of fell to the wayside. Today is Father's Day, so I didn't end up doing it today either. Kind of just where we are. But yeah, Brett, you could have gotten my dad an episode of Midweek Matinee for Father's Day, and you've chosen not to do that. Is your dad a patron, bro? <laughs> oh, good point. Uh, who, dad, I be am, a patron. So kind of. <laughs> my dad birthed me. I'm a patron, so therefore, kind of. A transitive property. He is a patron. <laughs> Uh, so yeah guys if y'all want to support the show with more than just your free t- or more than just your time and your free time uh, which we are always so grateful for head over there give as little as a dollar per month you don't have to but we appreciate those of you who do you help us be able to keep doing this show without having to dig around and look around for more advertising and uh, and sponsorship money which is nice uh, and we appreciate that so Without further ado, I think the first thing to break in the news here is that Cyberpunk 2077 finally returns to the PS Store on June 21st, more than six months after being pulled from the digital storefront by Sony, citing the game's abundance of issues, definitely on base PS4 models. I will say, Chris, how much do you actually think that game got pulled because of the performance issues, and how much more do you think it was because Cyber or CD Projekt Red were just like, yeah, you can get uh, refunds from wherever you bought it from, Without it talking to Sony about that at all. One hundred percent because C D Project Red offered refunds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sony's had some pretty rough games hit PS store and have never once that I'm aware of pulled it. Yeah. Exactly. So, the only games I can think of them pulling are ones that were like weird platinum like quick yeah. platinum runs. Like they there was that game that was like top one thousand discovery yep. whatever that they ended up pulling. Yes. But, it's like yeah. a one minute platinum or something. Yeah, but most of that is not what it is. <laughs> so um, interestingly, with this thing, Sony says that you should still not play it on base PS4. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: me and you both played on PS5 when we played, correct? Correct. And the game, while not 
running. I mean, it didn't just, it wasn't the most amazing thing. It ran pretty all right on PS5. So <laughs> Not after for me. <laughs> You don't remember that? 77 crashes? I actually forgot that you had like check. You literally had. <laughs> yeah, I, I counted them. It got yeah, so but bad. You ha- I loved how you had them set up as like one, two, three, four, cross for the five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't. Did you not do that? No. As a kid? Oh, that's how I like learned to count was that. I mean, I know what it is, but it always makes me think of people like surviving on an island and trying <laughs> to count the days. Uh, let's be honest, I kind of was. And if you play on base consoles after this, you are uh, you are on a deserted island. <laughs> yeah, so that. the new patches that have come out are partially alongside the reason that Sony is saying it can come back up, uh, but also probably because CD Projekt Red kissed enough ass and apologized. <laughs> uh, though... Apparently, it's supposed to be more stable on PS4, base PS4, but that hasn't come without some issues, or some cost, rather, as supposedly the game's like a ghost town with traffic and NPC density uh, being seemingly cut almost completely with the latest patches. Uh, people like went between <clears throat> two different patches and went from seeing a decent group of people in cars, like still less than PC, uh, to where you see like every now and then you'll see like one or two NPCs, like the biggest you'll see is a group of three and four, and then like one or two cars every like 30 seconds and i gotta say that's weird like that the way that game presents its world that doesn't feel right yeah no that's that's off like that would be like playing grand theft auto 3 on ps2 with nobody around and no cars yeah that would be awful who are you gonna shoot (laughs) (laughs) i think it's less integral to cyberpunk than it is it is uh something like grand theft auto but it's still important because in all these cutscenes and like, what does that mean for missions? Like, I'm not going to go too far in, but like when you're with uh, Tajima or whatever his name is, uh, and Takeshi, uh, yeah, whenever you're doing that and you're going during the float, like the parade, yeah, does that is that just empty too? Oh, that would be awful. It has that's to a, be, right? That would be terrible. Like, that's such a cool part of that mission is that whenever I was playing on PS5, I was like, <clears> oh, <throat> this looks like I'm actually interrupting something that everyone is at. Yeah. And I mean, it's even more so on PC. God, dude, that game looks crazy on PC in terms of general NPC density. It's crazy. Yeah. I kind of so, want to play it on PC. I'm not going to buy too. it, but. I, I, my computer's not set up for it, so not happening. Yeah, I, I could run it. Yeah. And I want to see it, but I won't. Like, I could run it. Probably runs better on my PC than it does on PS5, <laughs> ironically. But, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I don't. It, my PC is not optimal to play it at what the PC can really push. Exactly. Um, that was one of those weird times where I, it was the only time I actually debated, because I do love the game, as weird as that the story around this game has become. It's a great game with a mm-hmm. lot of problems, um, but I really severely con- I considered Google Stadia because it was like the closest you could get to PC without PC. Ugh. And I was like, yeah, do I really want to do that? And I was like, nah, I'm run- it's running fine enough on PS5. I Dude, probably I, had like 30 crashes. That's still I got too many. Give, I got sent a Google Stadia from for free and it is I unopened to do it. <laughs> just as a, I have this. I'll tell you a funny story is I knew about Google Stadia about a year and a half before it was announced because I had a, this is going to sound like my uncle works at Nintendo, but someone I, I'm trying not to be specific so I don't give anyone away if it sounds crazy, but someone I knew had a brother who worked on, who was like one of the, someone on the project he's like yeah google's doing this streaming console and it's all this crazy stuff and i was like that sounds fake and then it came (laughs) out and come to find out the guy who works on it doesn't even use it 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Google Stadia has felt weird from moment that it launched to moment that Google dropped it, at least in the same way that PlayStation dropped the Vita, right? Yeah. Like, it's not that Stadia doesn't exist and games are still being released on Stadia, but Google's not supporting it from any kind of real first-party way anymore. All of the Stadia teams have been dissolved, and now it's just a service. Yep. So, I mean, that's weird. I don't <clears throat> I don't know. I'm not surprised because Google has this crazy tendency to announce something, even something that might have might end up working in the long run. And then like after the first year being like, yeah, it didn't really, uh, it didn't blow up and do Google numbers for us. So we're going to kill that's, it. That's what I get. They could have just done, they could have easily done the most powerful console and taken a, taken a hit and then made all their money on the return the 30 percent. i don't get that oh you mean oh, like gonna... instead of going streaming actually making a real console yeah because they, they could have they could have smoked them and it would have seems easy for them to be like hey valve <laughs> true heard, but i think arguably Steam box thing you wanted to do <laughs> i mean i think arguably the same thing is true of microsoft though microsoft is endless money if they really just wanted to make a really powerful console and then undercut sony completely by making like the xbox series x three hundred dollars they totally could have yeah yeah uh but i mean that and like yeah when you think of companies that have enough like wiggle room to be able to do stuff like that microsoft Mm -hmm. clearly comes in first but google's no slouch google has money to spend and i think that's why it's always so weird to me when google kills projects like early because i'm like you never even actually gave it time to do anything Mm -hmm. you killed it as soon as its legs were getting out you know getting Mm -hmm. out and able to walk on its own no, absolutely. Um, I've always wondered this. I'm curious about your your take. Maybe people can write in because I'm fascinated. If you could go to Sony and claim a PS5, you could only get one, and it was free. But the games cost a hundred dollars a pop. Would 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 you do that? Uh probably there's, not. There's still sales. There's still all this stuff. But if you want a new game for your free console, it's a hundred bucks. You know, it's weird that you, you, you say this as like a what if, and mm-hmm. technically it is a true what if for PS5, but something not too far from this actually happened with the Dreamcast whenever it wasn't selling to Sega's expectations, yeah. and then PS2 was announced, and it just literally started getting creamed by PS2 to the point where like no one was buying it. Sega switched to, I can't remember how long because I was very young, but there was a point in time where if you didn't already have a Dreamcast, you could get one for free. Mm-hmm. and it was just all about at that point they were like if we can get enough free ones in the household and people we keep making games. games then we can make money from the games and that's yeah. how we undercut Sony and it did not work no I mean I, I wouldn't be shocked if it didn't work I'm just curious because we have this whole like oh the the console's too expensive and I wonder if if you were like hey my console was free I get why my games are a little bit more expensive I'm just interested in the idea yeah I mean it kind of makes me think of like you know Microsoft with what they're doing right now whenever they, they tried it for a little bit in Xbox One uh, days and now they're bringing it back. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but that service basically where you go and they finance you an Xbox oh, Series S access. or X. All access. Okay. Um, and they finance you a Series S or a Series X and you also get Game Pass Ultimate with it for like one monthly payment. It would have been curious for them to have an all like a version where it was like, you get the Xbox, 
100% free and for the next two years you pay $25 a month for Game Pass. Like if that was just the way that it was sold to them, like it makes more sense probably from a value perspective for someone to be like, I'm getting the machine and the service for that amount. But do you think people would have jumped on it any quicker if they were just like free Xbox, $25 a month Game Pass for two years? Oh, I think so. It's possible. But I don't know. About- how, how successful has All Access been for them now? Because if, if you remember... When they initially did their run, I think it's they did their financing, as crazy as that is, Microsoft with their endless money did their financing not through themselves, but through Dell. Yeah. And, and then it, was, they, it was apparently very difficult to get accepted. Yeah, you for. had to have like a perfect credit score. Um, I don't know. I just think like, because you, you could almost have an option where, like my Kindle, right? I have a Kindle Oasis and I had, I bought the ad free, the ad version. So it was like $40 cheaper. Oh yeah. So think about that. If, the, if you were to Sony, and you're like, you could buy a five hundred dollar console, and it tags, and it's like, okay, you automatically get a, I guess, a forty percent discount on your games by having that console, or you have the ad version, and your games are forty percent more, but it's free, or you could pay five hundred bucks down the line, you know. So would it be like that? Would like the PS Five home screen be chock full of ads and stuff to help support that? I'm not even talking about the ads. I'm saying like... Well, I'm curious because think about it this way. Just because you give somebody the console, and I think this is what was true of the Dreamcast yeah. situation, just because you give someone the, the console doesn't mean they're going to buy multiple games, and that's the only right. way it's actually profitable. So sure. you have to look and go, if we give the console away, but we raise prices instead of 60 to 100 if you bought that ver- or if you got the free version, then you have to buy eight games before it becomes profitable for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, or whatever it is and there's no guarantee that the people will buy eight games but no. if you give the console for free make the games a hundred bucks but also support the free version with ads so that way if your um, attachment rate for those consoles aren't very high that you still end up having it to where anytime they want to use it there's ads that yeah. you might be able to bring some of that back oh no i don't want <clears throat> that to be the case and we've seen how much like at least the online community of gaming fought back against um, ads appearing in the NBA 2K games. So I don't think people would really want that. But I don't know. I almost wonder. Like, is there going to... A good thing to think about right now is uh, HBO Max, they just uh, announced their version, which is $5 cheaper a month, but it has ads. And you don't get HBO, same as as release, whatever, for the WB movies. Uh, Same-day release on that. But it's $5 cheaper and it has ads. Do you think people would go for that with something like Game Pass? Where it's like, oh, hey, here's Game Pass, but instead of $15 a month for Game Pass Ultimate, you pay $10 a month, but there's ads. I guess it would depend. Is it an ad when the game starts, or is it an ad, no matter what you're doing, an hour and a half in, it shows you a 30-second ad? Because that would be terrible. Yeah, but if it's an ad when the game, like when you launch a game and when you exit a game? Yeah. If you told me I ha- if I-, I could get a free console and I had to watch a two-minute ad before every time I turned on a game, I would do it. You know, I think the hard part there is that unlike a streaming service where you're going to watch something and go down and that's it, you can play a game without ever turning the game off for s- technically ever if you just keep putting your console in sleep mode. Sure. And you could avoid ads for weeks at a time if you just like if you're playing assassin's creed valhalla and that's the only thing you play and you never turn your system on for anything else then you get one ad when the game starts and then you go for a month of playing assassin's creed valhalla before you finally exit the game and see another ad it would it's things like that that makes it to where someone in the room would be like well we got to be able to show them ads during the game well no because i feel like you could i feel like it would be fairly easy because right now on the ps5 if you at least in 
MLB The Show. I don't pay too much attention to this. When you turn it back on, it automatically goes into the home screen for me. True. And you can have so an ad proc right it could, then. Yeah, it could, auto, it could auto do that, freeze the home bar there, and then you have to watch the ad every yeah. time. I don't know, because my whole thing is like, could Sony do a, here's a code with your $500 console that entitles you as a PS Plus star member so you automatically have a 40% discount on everything and then you can buy star membership for $500. Oh, so if you get the console for free and then later decide that you want to be able to benefit from that, you can just buy yeah. it one time. Right, exactly. Yeah. I don't know, it, it's just fascinating. We don't have to spend Well, it, it is a fascinating time. idea. I mean, it's it's also like you'd want to out like that. You'd want to be able to uh, yeah. be able to just say, never mind, I did buy the console and then have it do something that internally tells the machine to switch its, you know, IO output to where it's oh never mind, this is the version that he bought. Yeah, I mean it would literally just be a tick on your account that's auto forty percent off everything. You know, it's like PS Plus True. auto gives you uh, things. It would be that like that. Yeah. <coughs> but alas. I think it's weird because right now it seems like the the still the majority of gamers aren't into this always online thing and i feel like that's how that would end up working like, yeah you definitely both, all of these things online. would be always connected you yeah know what you I mean? say that but people will buy a series x a series s that doesn't have a disk drive or storage True. or be as powerful just to save 200 bucks yeah you're yeah. right now thankfully i mean in all those situations you can make that system not need 24 7 internet but i mean it still needs cool. far more internet than a lot of people voice you know yeah i just mean like you have there's automatic uh roadblocks to using it that there are less of with the x true yeah it's that convenience factor you know that's why yeah, doordash costs double what the food costs <laughs> yeah it's funny because people be like well i've got 20 dollars off of doordash and they'll do free delivery and save 20 dollars my delivery all they're wanting to do is get you hooked to doordash exactly so that then you actually start paying the 40 dollars <laughs> to have it delivered when your yeah. food was 20 i've i once paid 30 dollars, or i almost paid 30 dollars for two mcdoubles and fries i was like i'm never using this again i live walking distance from this mcdonald's that you're gonna go to yeah there's no way they'll send some dude from half an hour away in the state to go to the one by my house because i don't want to put on pants that feels bad for everybody including now, to me. be fair if you're that lazy he absolutely deserves to make that much money off of well, you. I, yeah because that's that's the purpose of your thing i don't want to go the two minutes but i find it fascinating that they'll send someone from 30 minutes an hour away to come an hour and then drive back an hour to deliver food literally two minutes away from the restaurant. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Saul lives six blocks from the like from the Domino's he orders from, yeah. and he always has it delivered. I, dude, there's no way. I am far too frugal. I would I would smack myself the moment that I like that. It, first of all, the fact that there's an expected tip for that piece of delivery driver, yeah. and the fact that you had to pay for him to deliver in the first place, I can't do it. See I my pizza place. My pizza place does not charge for deliveries. So, see that's awesome. But then yeah. again, I mean, I don't know. Pizza in the in the Northeast seems a lot different than pizza down here, and the way that people even view it. You know, yeah, because we have good pizza up here. <laughs> I, we have we have New York style pizza down here that I really like. It's it's good. Yeah, I mean, it may not be as good as actual New York. I was going to say, I like it. 
you have New York style pizza. I have New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, next thing up on the news, PlayStation seems to be further embracing crossplay. As Jim Ryan recently spoke to the matter in an interview with Axios, uh, Jim <clears throat> stated that Sony quote supports uh, support and encourage crossplay in quote while stressing that the number of titles utilizing it will quote continue to grow in quote. Uh, mm-hmm. This of course continues the 180 for anybody that doesn't remember that the company made back in 2018 or if you're new like kai is and maybe don't realize it back when 2018 Fortnite, there was a controversy where if users played the game on any sony console uh and then moved off of the sony console to play it on any other console it would literally block your account so if you could play it but only if you made a new separate epic a games account and Mm -hmm. uh big moment for them so people don't really it kind of went by the wayside pretty quickly but it's been getting dug up a few times recently with like the Borderlands 3 stuff. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because in that same interview, uh, Jim ended up bringing that up. He was asked about it and he said he chose, he, he chooses not to bring up uh, something, Specific a matter things. of live services with a longstanding partner. But he did stress that their uh, policies are the same across all publishers. So mm-hmm. it sounds like what I predicted to be the case in which Gearbox for whatever reason... 2k not gearbox right 2k were like nah this game's too old we don't feel like doing it and since there's going to be some kind of a fee involved we're just going to skip out on playstation and that's that arguably that to me that's not on playstation no that's fine playstation made the roadway in 2k said no that's and you can get mad but that's like being mad that sony says 2k you can make a game and and release it on our platform but if you do we make 30 percent of what people buy it for yeah, so it, the the whole narrative that Sony's doing something wrong by that is completely insane. Yeah, I think like, so as well. I think it's it the the people who are wrong are Microsoft for never asking, you know. Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, that's just I don't know. I think it's weird when people look at businesses and then get mad at them for doing things that make businesses money. Yeah, I, it's like we had that conversation uh, privately where the the whole term of pro consumers bs and made up to it's sell literally pr it's pr <laughs> exactly yeah and, and it's funny because consumers buy into it and i'm like literally the person who made this term is someone who wanted you to say it in yeah. relation to their company so that they are immediately in the they're above whatever competition they have because you've said that sentence right you've said it, well microsoft's more pro-consumer right now no microsoft is pro microsoft and no yeah. matter what they're doing in the in the current moment their end goal is to have you spend more of your money with them right that's it and pro- pro-consumer exists like game pass is more pro-consumer than anything playstation is doing yeah but game pass only exists so that you forget that you pay for game pass and, and, the, and you keep and, paying yeah, them 50 well it only exists because it's pro business yes right. they're losing money on it right now which arguably does make it pro-consumer but that's only because someone in pr was like how can we spin this so that people think it's a benefit until we can actually make it to where we are profiting off of the back of these people yeah because we'll have this whole and before anyone says anything Microsoft did go back on this, but if Microsoft was pro-consumer, they would never have even thought to raise the price of gold. Instead, they're like, can we get away with this? Which is inherently, if we're going to use these terms, anti-consumer. And they listened. That's great. But they were trying to dupe the people who played with games with gold. And they got called. It was basically, I think it was all about strong-arming people into buying Game Pass Ultimate. That's all it was. Yes, how that's can all we, it was. How much quicker can we get people to adopt Game Pass Ultimate? Well, if we make games with gold 
more than Game Pass Ultimate or at least close to the same price, people will cut their losses and go to Game Pass Ultimate and get both Game Pass and games with gold right. and gold all together in one. Which what I what I don't get is why they just don't go gold exists but we're not doing free games anymore if you want free games it's on game pass it's yeah. just an online pass then no one's doing it it's the same price is it not like or maybe a couple bucks more for game pass like what are you doing yeah i mean really there's i think actually it is the same price for just game pass but games with gold game pass ultimate which includes yeah. game uh, or gold and game pass is 15 14 right. a month so i mean at that point yeah i think it's the same way that's how you get people to move stop giving out the free games and just go this is literally just to play online but see i think sony did kind of strong arm that position because ps plus yeah. was all about being an extra service and then giving out <clears> free <throat> games and, and even when they made it a required service it was always like well it's required but you're getting free crap out of it right and now for microsoft to do that it's it's more obvious that we're back to Microsoft as being you're paying us to play online. Yeah, but it, it, if you <laughs> if you get rid of the games with gold and your argument is well, if you get ultimate, you get Game Pass, which is mm? hundreds of free games. Then yeah. I feel like the only person who could even complain is a Sony fanboy. You know? Yeah. Well, and you know, it's it's funny because we're talking about games with or we're talking about gold, and we always want to call it games with gold. But yeah, we're talking about Xbox Live Gold, and gold existing at the same time as Game Pass is literally inherently anti-consumer. It's stupid. When yeah. Microsoft exists with the game with the Xbox ecosystem on PC with absolutely zero barrier of entry for pay. I so, mean, let, let's but that's be honest. Exactly, it's, it's about them making money, and it always yeah. has been. If 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 Sony could run their online service for free for however long they did certainly microsoft could so the fact that both of these companies are charging you at all it's yeah. just for them it's leaving money on the table definitely for yeah. sony they saw people microsoft is charging people for this and people are scooping it up and just being like yes please take my money daddy and so <laughs> sony was like that's leaving money on the table for us yeah like in the ps3 gen we needed it but we're in a much stronger position so we're gonna screw you guys you're gonna pay to play online <laughs> And I mean that's it is what it is. I that's why I always think that, that the pro consumer anti consumer thing, there's there is a conversation worth having in there, but you always have to come from the position that you don't actually fool yourself into believing that pro consumer means the business is doing something for the betterment of you. Exactly. Everything that business does is for the betterment of themselves. If you happen to benefit at the same time, you're just lucky. Correct. So it's 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 where we are. I mean, yeah. businesses exist for a reason. You know, it's like that old Joe Dirt, Joe Dirt joke where he's like, oh, "Man, can I get my car back?" It's like maybe one day UNICEF will get into the car towing business, but until then, this is what you got. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's that's how it is. So, yep. Um, I don't know. In terms of crossplay, I think crossplay is dumb for almost all games. There there are definitely exceptions, but I know that in at least in the competitive games I play, like we turn off crossplay. Like I don't want that sh that stuff on. So so why? I, so like Apex is a good example. Uh, yeah. So you don't think crossplay in Apex should exist? Uh, oh, I shouldn't really. say that. You don't care for it in Apex. No, I don't think it should exist in competitive. Um, at least specifically between PC and con and consoles. Okay, no, I, I think that's know. more fair. Yeah, but I but I think I don't know. I'm always a believer, and maybe this is just me being anti-consumer. But <laughs> I, I believe that you should buy the console your friends are buying. Like, that's, I don't know. And to me, it's one of these things where we're having this argument. And it's like, this is cool. I'm glad that my brother can have an Xbox and I can have a PC and we can play Call of Duty together. But I don't know. There's a lot of like, like Call of Duty is 
Warzone is completely screwed because of the PC hackers. And that happens on console because yeah. of crossplay. You're yeah. in opening up to different places and it's all this kind of stuff. I just I don't know. To me, so it does, I don't see the benefit ever. Crossplay benefits more whenever it's linking a closed ecosystem to another closed ecosystem. Yeah, like Borderlands Three should have crossplay. Yeah, you know, and Apex should have crossplay in console to console, console to console, or in casual. But when I go into ranked and I have freaking Jimmy Mousepad over there shooting me from across the map because he's got his his cheats on. That's not fun because then I lose my I lose rank I lose all this kind of stuff. You well, know? and even then the the natural barrier of the fact that PC can run at much higher frame rates and oh, with yeah. the ex, the extra precision of keyboard and mouse. Yeah, I I absolutely refuse to play Apex on my PC because I won't be able to play it on my PS4 again, and it's not cross progression. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, I, I I understand that completely. Yeah, it's actually a problem that Destiny faced with a lot of our friends group. Uh, whenever PC started, mm-hmm. before cross progression existed, people just started playing on PC, buying everything twice, and restarting just to play. Yeah, dude, I play Warzone on my PC at 120 FPS. I could never play it on console again. I think it's 120. It might be 60, but either way, I can't play it on console. Well, the same if it's way. 60, then you're it's exactly console. But then again, if you are a keyboard and mouse kind of person, then you're benefiting anyway, you know? It, it's weird. I completely agree there. Yeah, okay. it, it is funny um, hearing my friends be like, uh, one of my friends plays uh, Warzone basically constantly. And he's always like, it just mm-hmm. sucks when you end up in a game. He's like, some of my friends want to play with the crossplay lobby because they want to play with like their Xbox or PC friend because it's a lot better when you lock out PC and just play with consoles yeah. because it's just a lot more fair. He's like, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. not fun to lose when it's obvious that you lost because of either straight up cheating which he goes normally you can tell he goes literally you'll you see tell. like red boxes on the replay screen from where they're yeah. <laughs> i was like oh yep. it's rough uh and he goes and he goes if it's not that it's still just knowing that you lost because they're playing with keyboard and mouse at 120 frames per second and you're playing at 60 there's nothing you could do see, yeah and and that's the thing as i'm i just che- <coughs> i just checked warzone runs at 144 fps so that's what i'm playing it at on pc like I could never play it again on console. <laughs> so are you sure your computer's running it at that max? I'm positive. Yes. Yeah, that's because that that takes a lot of work on a computer. So that's why I was curious. I have well, I, I'm the only reason I say that is because I have the exact graphics card and CPU that they recommend 444 for yeah. that I'm looking at right now. So yeah. yes, I know I can. No, definitely. I mean, 120 frames per second, and then let alone 144 is a huge difference. It's, it's a huge difference. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I'm being kind of hyperbolic. Like crossplay is good in a lot of situations. But I just think the blowing up over it is kind of ridiculous to me. It's just like coordinate with your friends. I've always I've grew up before all this stuff, right? You know, hello fellow kids. But I said, you know, hey, what are we getting? PS five, PS four. What are we doing? You know, we yeah. have that. I've I've grew up having that conversation. So I know that while some people want to do both, it's like you know maybe the best thing for the ecosystems are not to do that. That's how I feel. Yeah, maybe. at least in I my experience of doing stuff. I know I was very entrenched as a kid, and I mean that's part of the reason I like PlayStation so much. Because um, the first experience I ever ended up having with an Xbox that was my own, one hundred percent, not playing Halo with somebody for like a little stint, which was all right. The first time I played an Xbox, I was like, "Holy crap, this is actually amazing!" Is someone gave me an Xbox, one of my friends, Hastings, and he gave me Fable. Oh yeah, point Fable's blank, great. and I love Fable. And the first Fable rests so big in my heart. 
Uh, but it was interesting because, you know, those conversations would happen, but it was always like, listen, I'm only going to have one console and I'm buying PlayStation. That was the yeah. console for me. So if you have those stubborn in the, you know, entrenched friends like me, then that's uh, not that fun to have for some people. But it's, it's I mean, it is what it is. Like you said, most people, definitely when you're growing up, you can't have both. It's not no. normal. It's I think it's more normal now to have more than one console uh, as adults than it used to be. Um, it's kind of just where we are, but I think that like Saul and I have talked a lot about how crossplay benefits for certain games. Like I agree, competitive should be cut down. It just makes the most sense. But for other games like Borderlands Three or Diablo Three or anything that has that online community that may shrink over the years, like uh, MLB the twenty uh, the show or whatever. Maybe not this one, but maybe one from like three years ago that you still like. And it's like, ah, well, the more people who can be cross-played into this, the likely more likely of a chance you're going to be able to get a game to play online still. And those, that's a really great benefit of that. So, I mean, it's useful. It's a good thing. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't think like it's it, the end-all, be-all that some people do. Yeah, I was being hyperbolic. Like I said, there's examples, but I think for the most part, overblown. <clears throat> Fair enough. Cool. All right, let's see. Next thing up in a seeming issue that Sony's next-gen console, this is what I was talking about earlier, has had when compared to its competition in Xbox, Metro Exodus joins the list of games receiving PS5 upgrades in which your PS4 save file will not transfer into the PS5 version. Now, this is something that's happened for a while. And even with Sony games, if y'all remember, when it first launched... Spider-Man Miles Morales and Spider-Man Remastered could not use your save file from the PS4 version until enough complaints were levied against Insomniac and they were able to figure it out in about a two to three week period. But mm-hmm. that continues to be a big issue, definitely with uh, AA releases uh, or even if you want to call Metro Exodus a AAA, which arguably it is, but it's more independent than a lot of the big developers. And these are the kind of games that end up falling into that issue. Uh, a good example of that is... Um, that racing game that was recently given out as a PS Plus game. It's... Wreckfest. Uh, Wreckfest. Wreckfest does not work with your PS4 save file on PS5. There's a number of games that have that exact mm-hmm. issue. And one of the only people I really see talking about it in any big way online is, interestingly enough, one of our listeners, Ryan. He constantly brings it up. Definitely every time. Like, it's a good example is like right now for us, right? Yeah. Whenever they bring a Plague Tale Innocence over to PS5 uh, next month, will my original save file work for me to pick up and do a new game plus run and grab the rest of my platinum? Or am I going to have to restart the game from point one? I love the game and I'll probably do it anyway. But for people who may, you know, say that game comes out, they were playing it on PS4. Oh, they realize I just bought a PS5 this week. That means that game I can play in a better 60 frames per second mode. Go to boot it up. Oh, never mind. Your save file doesn't move forward. Well, that's what happened with me with um, Watch Dogs Legion and to a lesser extent uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla because uh, I got halfway through Legion on PS4 and then it played it on PS5 and it didn't transfer and I just dropped it completely. Um, and then I had bought Valhalla and I just wouldn't play it until the PS5 came out. You know, it's one of those things. It's like, oh, this isn't going to work, so... Yeah, that's a rough situation to be in, but it's something I hope Sony figures out because every time that one of these games gets announced and someone's like, oh, I'm excited about the PS5 update, it's like, yeah, but not if my save doesn't transfer. Like one game that once this started being more obvious to me that's kind of looming in my life, please work this way, um, depending on how I choose to play it, I just want the option, is that when Greedfall gets its PS5 upgrade, I don't want to have to restart it. 
it, I, I might restart it just to see another story through, but there's New Game Plus in that game, and there's all these different things that I would like to be able to use if I want to. And mm-hmm. just having to restart, there's something about it that feels like, even if you are restarting with a new game plus or something like that, there's something about feeling like you're starting from the beginning with literally nothing of what you've done that's just so demoralizing. You're like, yeah. eh, I don't want to do it. I don't know. There's, I'm kind of split on this. I know, is I, I think that they should work better, but I also think there's an argument that these are different versions of the game, and you should know that going in. I don't think it's a good argument. Yeah, I think the reason that it's not a great argument is because Xbox has so often, like, even then, and it's an interesting thing, specifically with the game we're talking about here, which is Metro Exodus, on um, Mm -hmm. Xbox Series X, if you're doing it, thanks to Smart Delivery, it's not an exact save, but it's basically a chapter-by-chapter save. So if you're in a chapter, you are going to have to restart that chapter over, but everything else sticks. Yeah. Well, I guess it's like... It's really cool on Xbox when you're like, oh, my five-year-old Dead Space save is just here. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm not even trying to, like, say that Sony shouldn't fix it. But there is the very typical argument for me of, uh, I, if I'm going to play the PS5 version, I'd like the new trophies. Yeah, I'd like, rather get the trophies. <laughs> so, you know, Yeah, but for the, for the vast majority of the gaming uh, community that doesn't really care about trophies in the same sense that we do, yeah. It's a reasonable argument. No, That's I, something that I, Sony should definitely look at. Considering I think that Sony is still arguably the market leader right now. I mean, they they should be setting the tone for that and not letting someone else beat into the punch. And even six months out when it was obviously an issue on day one, there should have been something where they've been like, hey, we've worked on our dev kit to where whenever you bring a, a game up to PS5, the save file system completely works transferable up. Yeah, But we'll see if that ends up oh. being a thing. I have to imagine that backwards compatibility wasn't originally in the cards, and that's why this doesn't work. Maybe. Or maybe it was just trying to rush to get the console out no matter what, and yeah. being like, ah, it's not ready. Just throw it out there. We, we still got to release the system, you know? Yeah. Our tool maybe. set's not ready for this. But that's a little hard to believe. I, don't, <clears> I wonder <throat> what it is, because there was this interview with one of the technical directors from Control Remedy Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, where he was saying that in the early days when they were working on Control, um, ultimate edition that the ps5's tool set was far more robust and fleshed out than the xbox's one was and it was easier to get the game up and running in the way that it needed to be on that and it was a little more complicated on xbox because some of the systems weren't really as fleshed out as they were supposed to be because sony took an approach that was more like use what you're used to but a better version of it and xboxes are more like hey these are brand new ways to do things and he was saying like yeah in the long run xboxes is probably going to pay off a little bit more but from an early day standpoint sony's is a lot more quick to just get running and get something going out quickly which it might be that this is why it's biting sony in the ass <laughs> yeah but, whereas xbox is like yeah we want games to be seamlessly be able to be like recognize where if you're playing it on an xbox one one second and you play it on the other one your save file in the cloud is just constantly moving between them and instead yeah. of it being the xbox series x version it's really just the same game recognizing that you're playing on a series x and moving everything up on the sliders accommodate like, to accommodate that mm-hmm I mean, it's it's definitely weird, um, but who knows? Well, some of these features actually may be something that comes up to some degree. Though I'll be interested to see if it's something that's more on the console side, or if it's more on the way that they build their uh, their game code for people to use. Um, but Sony appears to be starting up its beta tester program it utilized with PS4 on PS5 for an upcoming quote major update. 
planned for later this year. Sign up is available for users in the U.S., UK, Canada, Japan, Germany, and France. By signing up, you include yourself in a pool to be selected at random for future beta programs as well. Much like we saw with the PS4, I was a beta user for all of their big things, and I got selected every time. I re-signed up for this one, probably was already going to get selected anyway, because <laughs> I literally, I get chosen for any beta that Sony does. I get an email about any, be it a game, system updates, it doesn't matter. It's kind of cool. Half the time I don't end up doing it because I just don't care, but it's a good thing. Um, I'm trying to think of what it could be. Like, you know, what's going to be the focus? Is it going to be one of the really big ones where they're adding a bunch of features or is it going to primarily be getting people's feedback on how the SSD expansion um, mm-hmm. is, is working? Because one of the concerns was making sure that there's, that there isn't heat issues that come from it. That's part of yeah. why the SSD uh, expansion slot is where it is trying to help that. And apparently at launch, the PS5 fans were not full blast and they, recently are working to either update i might be getting some slight misinformation but apparently kicking the fans up so that whenever the ssd expansion does go live the fans can accommodate that heat better yeah i'm fascinated to find out i just hope that they uh fix the trophies (laughs) now what do you mean by that i just want them vertical i hate that they're they're the way they they are if you go to them they're all the horizontal i like the list I don't like the having to scroll to the side. Ah, yes. Well, what it should be is a view. It should be that if you like that, cool. If you don't, switch it to the original. Yeah. I mean, Sony still doesn't let me sort by completed. What's crazy so, is that, as, that that's a feature on Vita. That's, I know. I go to my Vita. That's not anything else. I look at that on my Vita regularly. More than I play games at this point, I go and I'm like, oh, look at how cool my trophies are all together. I, I, that's so crazy. That's one of those things where Sony does something, and it's it's always the problem with Sony is that that left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing, mm-hmm. and that's well, something the, that definitely doesn't feel the same for like Microsoft. It always feels like yeah. Microsoft is aware of what's going on throughout the entirety of its company. Like Xbox doesn't feel confused by the rest of Xbox. No, but Sony does. Sometimes it's like, oh well, whoever was doing this, whoever was working on the UI, wasn't talking at all to the people making the trophy functionality. Wasn't talking at all to the people making the games. Wasn't mm-hmm. talking at all to the people. Yeah. With the, you know, it's just it's so dumb. But that's one of the things that Sony are talking about getting better at. So hopefully that's actually the case. Yeah. One of the weird things is I'm positive that PS3 used to have it, where you could sort by like um, platinum or whatever completion percentage, and then they patched it out. You might be but right, I'm, but I don't. Think, I, am, I don't think so. But you might be. I right. am ninety nine percent sure. Now that I you're saying it, I feel it. it. I feel it. Deep down, <laughs> but you may be implanting a false memory. You know, in you the may cockles be of to, your heart. You know, I am. I am right. <laughs> you may be trying to hit me with one of those uh, uh, Mandela effect moments where you implant a fake memory in someone's heart because it's similar enough to something else they would have experienced that their brain is being as stupid as brains can be. You're like, yeah, I remember. <laughs> yes, I've seen that movie. <laughs> yeah the weird thing is is that i do have a memory in my head and i'm not saying it's an accurate memory i really think it's like an implanted memory from letting someone else change the way it feels but the whole sinbad being in the, <laughs> the genie movie yeah I mean, I mean i was a berenstain bears guy so Oh, uh, yeah, see, I was Berenstein, but there's actually been a little bit of a catch to that. Depending on where it got printed, they actually misprinted that occasionally. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so, like, I remember 
there's this thing that you could find of where someone showed like where they had a cassette or uh, VHS cassette where the cover said Berenstain where like the people mm-hmm. did the official art. But then if you looked at the side, you know how there's that little print on the side of what it is. Yeah. It said Berenstain. Dude, I'm just but saying it was just printed, you know, that is the universe covering up for the Mandela effect. Anyway, <laughs> what's next? It, it was like, they're, they're on to us. Yeah. Give, they give know. a reason. Yeah, yep. maybe, maybe so, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, real quick, what do you, if not SSD expansion, I was always a big fan of when they give me some random thing I didn't know I wanted. Yeah. Uh, is there a, is there like a wish list feature for you that you would just love to have on PS5 that's not currently there? Uh, Discord and backgrounds. Sounds like Discord's coming. So backgrounds is, is coming, a good one. But, but uh, backgrounds. Yeah, themes <clears throat> is a one for me. I know what people are talking about where they're like, well, now that the way that they've done the UI, the, the theme is unnecessary because every tile you go to has art. And that's fine, but I still think there's no reason not to cre- give someone choice. If I wanted to have yeah. it to where when I go to a <clears throat> tile, it doesn't do anything, Yeah, I should have that control. Yeah, because, dude, I used to have uh, a theme on my PS4 that was breakfast foods, daily breakfast foods, and it was awesome. Every day you turned it on, it was a different breakfast food, <laughs> and it was incredible, and I wish I could use it on PS5 because it was the best. I know this is dumb, but I still love this feature of PS3, and it's one I'll never let go of because it's just that ridiculous. It was technically on PSP as well, but it was just, it felt more crazy on PS3. You want to bring back printers? No, dude, 100% custom themes where they oh, literally yeah. let you download a program that lets you make the theme the way you want and then format it so it can be used. I had some of the funniest crap. Some of them were really cool where people spent a lot of time on their own making a great theme and then uploading it. And then sometimes it was people making like a Tenacious D one where every logo was Jack Black's head and when you switched between each one of them, it was like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's stupid, but there's nothing like that level of control to make your system feel like you want it to feel. I yeah. think that that's part of why I still think the XMB is like the ideal UI. It's the perfect level of complete like utilitarianism where it's like everything just works the way you need it to work, mm-hmm. but with the with enough freedom for you to like make sweeping changes where all of the functionality is still there, but now you can change the way that it just looks and is presented to you. I miss it. And I still yeah. think I think there's no reason that PS5 cannot have it to where you go. Don't worry about tiles. Don't show anything on them. Let me just do this. And the other argument, I'm curious to where you stand on it, was people saying that because the SSD is so quick that you're not supposed to really spend much time in the home screen. But I think that's bollocks. If I just want to go to my home screen and look at my theme, fine. But a bigger example to me is the quick menu. You know, the little home one that kind of comes yeah. up over themes should let you change what those icons look like as well in my opinion yeah i mean that's the hard thing is i see the argument for both um i do too i just want it so that i can at least have a background that i like you know because that's i never cared about the like little oh the themes change because i'm one of those guys like i don't want music i don't want any of that yeah so I just want the pictures. Well, I got to the point where it was like, I really liked the ones the PS4 saw that were not necessarily music-based or anything because I'd always turn the the system music off uh, once I got a little older. Like, it was cool, and I'm glad it was there for people that wanted it. But I got my, my one still on my PS4 Pro is the Ghost of Tsushima dynamic one where... Uh, the leaves would blow. Like, it was Jen, and you saw, like, his silhouette having the little... Um, 
I won't say a scarf, but I guess that's what I'm going to call it, blow in the wind a little bit, and then you saw leaves moving throughout. Um, and every now and then, a leaf would fly over the tile, so it gave it like a depth effect. And I thought that was super cool. And all of the icons were like, you know, more rustic Japanese style versions of the same icon. And I like that level of cohesiveness where it's like, we're going to change the icons up where they're custom too. Uh, there's some really cool Kingdom Hearts uh, themes. I guess it's mm-hmm. partially I'm missing something, right? Uh, PS3 Day, whenever they first brought the HD versions of Kingdom Hearts out, when you beat the game, uh, you got a set of themes. And if you beat the game on hard or proud, you got more themes. If you got the platinum, you got another theme. It was like the, it was all about rewarding you with themes that all were like fully made themes. They were dynamic. They're really cool. And they had custom icons. And I kind of miss that. Persona five did that too. On PS3. Well, on PS4, PS4. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. They might've done it on PS3. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I've done it on both. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they were similar enough. PS, PS4 was basically a, a slightly more simplified, Maybe even to the detriment of the XMB. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't have too many thoughts on themes, honestly. I think it's cool for some people. For me, it's one of those things where I had my breakfast theme one because it was simple and quiet, and it was very funny to have donuts as my PS5 background for a while. Fair. You know, my thing is that even though I don't really utilize it all that much, actually, I am utilizing it right now, which is pretty sweet. Um, with like since Cyberpunk came out and they released the uh, OnePlus 8T Cyberpunk Edition, yeah, I didn't buy that one because I didn't know it was going to be available. Otherwise, I would have. It's a beautiful phone. Uh, but people were able to immediately rip the custom um, background and boot menu and everything, and I have every bit of that on my phone. So anytime I boot my phone up and do my fingerprint sensor the little flat icon in the back like lights up like a neon like VG screen with like the scan lines and mm-hmm. it kind of like jitters a little bit to make it look like it's like moving because of the scan lines and I love that. So that's pretty cool. It's one of those things that's a big reason why for a long time I was like I don't like Apple for a number of reasons definitely the way they used to handle music and if you plug your phone into anybody or your iPad iPod into anyone else's computer be like you can't do this and if you click yes it's going to delete all your music and put all of theirs on theirs it was stupid and I hated it but well, that's why you had to click manually manage music yeah but it was just why <laughs> why even create that extra step it's because you're trying to lock down people and they're not having control of their thing but that's yeah. why I've always liked Android I want the ability like those first couple of years I had Androids like when the uh, the AT&T Samsung Galaxy Captivate came out for AT&T boy for about a six months my phone was the matrix where like you just constantly saw the little matrix numbers like going up my screen it drained battery life like a motherfucker but (laughs) oh man yeah it was it's interesting good times but i like customization even if i end up not using it i want to know that if any time i get a wild hair i have it there at my fingertips you know Mm mm-hmm absolutely true next up uh dungeons and dragons dark alliance has announced that local co-op will be coming to the game but only the PS5, Xbox Series <clears throat> X, and PC versions for sure at some point in time this summer while they are investigating bring it to the PS4, Xbox One. So for all of you that love couch co-op and thought, oh, Dark Alliance, of course, the namesake of the original ones were the local co-op, it is coming, apparently with the first free DLC they're doing. But I wouldn't be surprised if PS4, Xbox One doesn't see it. It's probably likely due to the CPU being limited on older systems because uh, mm-hmm. Xbox One saw that with Halo 5 uh, taking out its split-screen campaign feature, which is like synonymous with the series. And I remember a lot of people were mad that you couldn't co-op that system or that game on a couch. 
rightfully so to be fair yeah i don't have too much on this honestly uh, i figured you didn't my i never my brothers don't play games the way i do so i've never been a couch co-op person oh except for towerfall towerfall ascension i've never played that game but i love the way it looked i I have it ascension is incredible you should actually play it that's me and my brother like even now we'll just be like hey you want to play some towerfall and like four hours later he oh he doesn't play video games and yet I can't beat him in Towerfall so that's wild. Is it yeah. couch co-op only or is there online for it? No, there's no online. See, I appreciate that. I think it's a ballsy yeah. move, but I like it. Yeah, it's the right way. It's too fast paced to even have to think about what could happen with lag or any kind of delay. Yeah, exactly. I need to play it. I guess I just need to find one of my friends who's willing to play it. It's genuinely one of the best. Look, um, here's what happens, Chris. You ready? Yeah. Even though you're probably not coming down this way, true. Come take a vacation. Come stay with oh, me. Defi- and let's play some Towerfall. To. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude. If I can't find anyone else, that that'll work. Yes, I, I will fly down just to play Towerfall. I won't even <laughs> do an episode of uh, Triangle Squared or mid- Midweek with you. <laughs> <laughs> fly down for one, like for four hours, just to play four hours. <laughs> All right, man. See you later. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna head home. <laughs> oh man alright next up share play the <clears throat> streaming feature introduced on PS4 to allow players to play with each other watch a friend play or even play a friend's game by virtually taking over their controller has been brought to PS5 allowing the two console generations to use the feature between each other I'm a big fan of share play I don't use it near as much as I did for a little bit but I think it's such a cool feature to have that I'm glad that it, they didn't drop it by the wayside because it can't be that complicated it's just yeah. tapping into their <clears throat> Gai Kai ps now technology and at this mm-hmm. point probably microsoft azure yeah um i don't know i like stray play i have i don't use it much but some of my favorite gaming experiences have come because of share play so yeah i have little like stories that i just thought were cool like me and saul have mm-hmm. a couple that i thought were really cool but even just the idea of having a friend like literally message me and be like oh cool i see you're playing like it ha- didn't happen but let's just say for example oh i see you're playing biomutant i'm a little undecided on it do you mind if i just share play and watch you play for 30 yeah. minutes of it to decide if it looks like something i'd be interested in yep um, um <clears throat> one of mine was my buddy when i when bloodborne came out uh he would share play and watch me fight the bosses because i'm not good at these games <laughs> hours of entertainment <laughs> and um on defile the amygdala if you i think you you have the platinum so I you do. fought defile the amygdala dude that fight i think he watched me do it like 30 40 times i busted my my knuckle on a on a counter trying to do it and then i go how, he goes how do you do that did you punch I, the counter I, yeah <laughs> yeah um (laughs) so then listen before you go too much further i laugh because i punched my old metal front door because it was metal and i and i left a little i hurt the hell out of my knuckle but i left a little indention in the door too because i punched the hell out of it yeah and my wife was like she was like what is your problem i said listen the rage was coming and it made more sense for it to hit something (laughs) that i knew i couldn't hurt yeah um exactly <laughs> but continue. i just whipped at a at a desk that was next to me but yeah he go he says to me as he's watching me he goes dude you have to fight this boss one more time or i'm share playing it and doing it so i go in and that's when i beat defiled amygdala it was the time right before he was going to take over that oh, was he, one of my better memories of that he just had to he just had to punk you out yeah dude defiled amygdala is the hardest boss i've ever fought in a video game dude it, it's 
legitimately ridiculous. It is yeah. the absolute hardest part of getting the platinum in that game. Mm-hmm. And I'd never, I get part of the problem was I skipped her in the original game, so I never saw her. So that was my first exposure. Oh, of Amidala, and then it was the yeah. defiled version, which is even yes. worse. Yep. Yeah, it's funny because Queen of Yarnum is nothing. It's so easy. It's just, it's a terrible fight. After that, it's <laughs> like, what is what even is this? Why would you put this after the defiled? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's rough. Um, ooh, I don't like that at all. But yeah, that that's a good use. You know, it makes me think of uh, this thing we have going, and I've already cussed a few times <clears> in this episode. So I'm sorry, listeners who don't like that. I haven't. As I've actually. as I've told Chris, <laughs> I'm so used to doing podcasts with Chris where I do just let it loose. That yeah. Anytime I'm talking to him, I'm automatically a little more loose than I probably should be. Yeah, I don't even do it on purpose, too. It's like just how I talk. Yeah, I'll be all talking to my, accidental. my district managers, and I'll be like, oh, the, the, the effing fridge isn't effing working. It's like, uh, <laughs> sorry, man. I work in kitchens. This is how I talk. There's this thing going, though, where uh, like it, it even happened recently. Whenever I was uh, playing FIFA 21, where yeah. my buddy Andrew, who normally comes when we do the podcast and sits over to the side, and then we hang out and eat pizza, play Yu-Gi-Oh, all that stuff. Seems uh, inappropriate. Whenever I was playing FIFA 21 a bunch, when years ago whenever he used to live with me uh before i moved so this has been like seven years ago uh we would play fifa all the time me and him and there was this thing that i don't even know how it started but <clears throat> i ended up calling him I, I beat him and he was and he was being so cocky beforehand that i ended up calling him i said he brought the weak shit <laughs> and then it became that like weak shit was the name that we gave to each other so it, it we would do all these things where it's like oh you're about to catch these hands if you lose you're going to be weak shit and then like that gives you the bragging right to walk around and call them that in public or anything uh so recently we brought it back for the first time in forever and me and him did a, a match of fifa so three rounds and whoever won I uh, got to call the other one weak shit, and then there was also more because like we had to make it really out there. So he plays Pokemon religiously. Like the entire time we're recording, and he's sitting off the side, he's playing Pokemon, and his favorite Pokemon's Dragonite. And so I told him, if I beat you in this match, uh, then what's going to end up happening is you can't. You have to trade me your Dragonite right now, your prize Dragonite. Uh, and it's even it's so petty because I had to go buy the game for him to do it, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other stipulation because it was going to just be uh, one match, but I beat the first. I beat in the first match, and he said, uh, "Can we make it uh, our first you know game?" And then he said, "Can we make it like a match where it's three rounds?" I said, "Sure," but we never got up the ante. So he had to. He already had to give me his Dragonite. But the second thing, I said, "You'll get another chance to try and fight me, but if you lose, then you can't use dragons in competitive play for the next year." Mm-hmm. And it, I love it because every now and then he hasn't rechallenged me, so he still holds the weak shit mantle. So every now and then at work, I'll just come out and be like, "You, you smell that, Andrew? It's like a, it's like a, a faint, maybe a maybe weak scent of shit." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I love it, and it just made me think of your friend being like, "If you have to do this one more time, <laughs> taking over." Basically, you're you're weak shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I am doing it. He's also the type of dude who would get mad at me for over leveling. He's like, "You're taking the challenge away." I'm like, "I don't like the challenge." <laughs> <laughs> I. I think that that's so weird when people tell you how to play a game that I'm like, this, the, the mechanics are in the game. As far yeah. as the game's concerned, this is a viable way for me to do this. Well, my my thing with him was always I would always be like, dude, I'm bad at these. So the fact that I have all these souls to spend is because I keep running these levels over and over again and failing at the end of them. So, 
Okay, uh, two more things in the news, um, and then there's one thing that we haven't completely talked about that we'll get to, I'm sure. <laughs> we'll probably do it before we get to the last thing. Uh, yes. PS5's big console exclusive at launch was Demon Souls, <laughs> while we're talking about Souls games, but could it be coming to PS4? A Twitter user who scours Sony servers and databases for file sizes for games and updates came across a PS4 version of Demon's Souls in the database. It's unlikely the exclusive is making its way to PS4, if you ask me. Uh, like we saw with Godfall, this is probably just being remnants of the game starting development on PS4 before shifting to PS5 once PS5 dev kits came along uh, and aiming for that as its primary target. But you never know because Sony have been reinforcing cross-gen with its exclusive by recently announcing that God of War sequel and Gran Turismo 7, two games that were pre- previously not confirmed to be a PS4, are coming to PS4. So I don't know. I don't know if I'd see Sony working backwards. I don't think it's Sony that's making Godfall for PS4. I think it's Gearbox Publishing and that studio because the game didn't do that well. Yeah, I have... um, You know what? I actually have no idea. I wouldn't be surprised at this point that Sony puts it on PS4 because they're they're playing a different game than Microsoft. Microsoft believes in generations and they're clearly doing that. While Sony wants to cater to their entire fan base, which is okay. They didn't say that they believed in in generations. Microsoft did. So I understand why they're doing what they're doing. Um, For me as a PS5 owner. You're saying that Sony never said we believe in generations? I am being very sarcastic. How about say, dude? (laughs) It sounds like everything you're saying is completely reversed, but I got you. It was completely reversed. That was the joke. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad I picked up on it for too long because I have to be like, what's going on here? I felt like I was in the twilight zone for a split second. It's super weird though, right? Yes, it's very weird. I don't get why they're doing what they're doing. And I think my only problem is that it's not like Sony said we believe in generations like six years ago. It's they said it like a year and a half ago. Right, exactly. <laughs> they said it while knowing while showing a PS4 game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. There's just no there's no reason to say that and then do what you're doing. There's no reason. There's yeah, no reason. It, it goes so against like I'm not gonna say Sony's never had a cross gen game, but that's never been their MO. Like until this generation, PS5. I mean, can P- you think PS3 of a cross generation game? I'm sure there is one. I'm really trying to think. Um, I'm pos- I'm pretty positive there has not been, because man. the only one that I could think would even make sense is God of War Two, and that was not. And it was yet. not. Yeah. And if anything, it made more reason to want to bring a God of War to game to PS3 that was suffering exactly. and have it look and run better. Yeah, because they could have had a. Lo- That's the thing that makes this not make sense. They could have had a God of War Two launch title on ps3 and that would have been huge and they didn't do it you know yeah i mean it would have been huge for ps3 it would not have been huge for their pocketbook (laughs) actually i wouldn't be surprised if the whole reason that didn't happen is because ps3 was doing so poorly at that time and cost so much they were like ride the ps2 wave as long as you can guys release the game exclusively from ps2 yeah but to be fair by the time they would they knew it was bad that would have been announced and coming so i bet that changes the entire landscape right because it's the it's the argument we're having now where if god of war had come to ps2 and ps3 it's like do i need a ps3 so that might have hurt the sales Mm -hmm. where you know whatever it is so who knows yeah, I want to go look see like real quick if there's an example of a uh, cross-gen PlayStation exclusive ever. I can tell you that Colin Moriarty has been very insistent that this has never happened. I, I think he's right, but I was trying to think. I think what's getting me caught up, and it's not really, it's not really the same as cross-gen, yeah. but in a 
in a weird way, it kind of is because it's not really the same generations. But back when PS2 and PSP had games that were coming out on both, and it was even more weird because games would come out on PSP first and then they would release on PS2 later. And sometimes it would even literally come out with like the game would be rated M on PSP. Like uh, I think it was Siphon Filter Logan Shadow was rated M on PSP. And then when they made it, they brought it to PS2. They cut all the blood out and made it rated T. It was super <laughs> weird, but there was a handful of games that did that. There was that Ratchet and Clank. Oh, not Ratchet and Clank. I'm sorry. It was uh, Jack and Daxter, The Lost Frontier. That was a PSP game that then it released to PS2 later. Uh, there was a yeah. Motor Storm game that was uh, in the ice. I can't remember the name of it, but... Uh, Motorstorm did that. Then there was the Siphon Filter games. So I don't know if that's arguably cross-gen, but it's definitely not exclusive to the one platform like they did for pretty much all of everything else. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm with you on that. I don't know. Who knows? This all just doesn't make sense to me. Like, just why are you still doing the old console? I get that you have people, but... Yeah, I think that everybody's just leaning on the fact that they can get away with the excuse because of COVID. And I'm not saying it's not even potentially a valid excuse. I just think that people are going to use that excuse because everyone's going to look at it and go, ah, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just wonder what the tenor of this conversation would be if they had just been like, the PS5 is the next uh, like incremental upgrade. And eventually you phase out the PS4 and PS4 Pro. But if they said, hey, this is this is basically the PS4 Pro's PS4 Pro <laughs> until it no longer is, you know, yeah, that, that might have t- stemmed the tide a little bit. Yeah, and basically start, I d- drop the numbering. Because that's the thing, is like when you call it, when you say we believe in generations and then you announce that your console is called PS5, which mm-hmm. clearly is meant to be like new generation, new number, um, you know, they could have done the Xbox route of being like, well, we never said we believe in generations and we're going to name our game system Xbox Series X when we just had the Xbox One X and we're going to just get rid of what feels like a way to tie down. Sony could just be like, this is the PS Pro yeah. or the, the PS Pro Plus, whatever you exactly. want to call it and then just have it to where here on out, every console they release doesn't actually have a number. It's just some new kind of like Nintendo did with the Game Boy for years where it was like, or it's like, here's the Game Boy. All right. Now it's the Game Boy SP. Now it's the Game Boy Micro. <laughs> We're just going to keep adding something to the end of Game Boy to make it still a Game Boy. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Um, I don't know. Do you think that there's any chance? I don't think so because of the way it was designed, though. I mean, I haven't played the game yet. Um, if, if they actually do end up going back on Demon's Souls and making it a PS4 game, do you think anybody would be upset reasonably? And yes. like I say, like to a point where it would actually cause some controversy. And do you think it might actually have them look at trying to find whatever way they can to make Ratchet uh, Rift Apart a PS4 game? I think if they make Ratchet a PS4 game, it would be insanity. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think... I think people would be mad because it's one of these, like, what the what the hell did I buy a PS5 for? You know? Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of reasons, but you're still... The biggest reason's always games that you can only play on it. And right now, the only manufacturer out of both yeah, Microsoft and Xbox that have any exclusives is Sony, even though it's only two. Demon Souls, Ratchet & Clank. 
those are their two first party exclusives that you can only play on that console. Microsoft has none until right. the flight simulator drops. Yeah, that's true. But like we're, like we're saying though, they might bring. There's a possibility that both of those get moved down. So yeah, who knows? I don't know. I don't think Ratchet seems like a game that can't be on PS4. I agree. But uh, I see. I really see no reason why Demon Souls couldn't. The only so. the only thing I mean, in terms of just making it happen, loading would be much slower. But and since they spent so much marketing time on the fact that you know, unlike all the other Souls games, that when you die, you don't have to face that like twenty to thirty seconds of load screen of having to simmer on your death and then getting upset sure. and wanting to drop it, <clears throat> that you can arguably, immediately jump back in. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't are, technically make the game impossible to play. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, that. That realistically, if they do that, that gives them a perfect commercial, right? Where it starts off with a bloodborne. Let, let's say they do this, right? It's the E3. They're trying. They're trying to sell the PS5 for some reason. It's a commercial, and it starts off, and you're playing Bloodborne. It looks a little worse, and you go through, and whatever he dies, and then it lo- it you just watch the whole loading screen, and then it starts again. It looks a little better. He dies, and then it's done. The loading screen is already gone, and it just go. And then you bring them both up, PS4, PS5. This is why you upgrade. You know, oh, that'd be interesting. It's, do you? Has anyone ever actually, in, in that sense, not like in the hey, we're gonna do like small comparisons to show you? Has anyone ever actually marketed a game to try and get people to buy it by saying that the worst, that the pre, like the version for the older console or the older machine is like notably worse? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> because that's what you're doing there, right? You're, you're being is, like, hey, here's here's what you're seeing here. Uh, if you want to buy it on their old piece of crap machine that takes forever to load, more power to you. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that's what Sony should be doing. Sony should be giving you reasons why. And people who adopted it, like me and you, know that yeah. like the frame rate is a game changer. The loading times are insane. I, it's hard to go back. It really is, yes. Yeah. Um, But... You know, I think Sony needs to be like showing that. You know, it blew my mind. I think I told you when I was going for the Resident Evil Two plat, I was I had started it and it was on my my hard drive, my external, and eventually I just moved it over because I was dying so often and the load times were insanely fast comparatively. Yeah, and I had just seen them both back to back, so it was. And that's not really even with the game being PS5 native, literally yeah, just the yeah. backwards compatibility <clears throat> increase. Yeah. yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, it really is. It's, it's why I don't play any PS4 game from... Like, the only reason that my extended storage is even plugged in is for if I decide I want to play a game, I can just move it to the main hard drive. <laughs> like, I would never play a game from the external anymore. It's, it's That doesn't happen. I have, it, I have my system set to where all PS4 games installed directly to the main hard drive. Yeah, are they SSD? I used I used to, but then it was a lot of like clearing my hard drive because you download too much stuff you don't play, Chris. Yes, I know. We all know. <laughs> we went through this last week. I already <laughs> deleted the game I bought last time. All right, Chris. Before we do, before we do this last piece, ah, do you want to get into uh, the connecting of the dots and the pulling oh. of the strings that you've been doing all week? So you want to talk about uh, some blue box games and how Hideo Kojima is hiding in a box that is blue? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I mean, how deep do you want to go into it? Because I have the Reddit thread with most of the theory, with most do, of the evidence. Go as deep as you feel like going. I think it's a okay. super interesting conversation. <laughs> so if, if for whatever reason, even if you have zero clue of like, you probably know who Kojima is, but if you've never played any of his games and you've never played a Silent Hill game and you're not excited for any other reason, 
I think that this is still one of those things where it's just so fun that even if it turns out to be false, I've had such a blast this last week. Follow. Yeah, that it doesn't even yeah. matter. You know, like don't okay. wrong. I think there's people that are going to be very upset if it doesn't turn out to be true. Oh, I I think they tank their game if it's not. I, I think so too. Even though I don't care, I'd be totally willing to play this game still. I just think that I've had such a fun time this week seeing what people dig into and what people look for to make connections that may not actually be true, but at, if nothing else, it's still odd. You know, so go go as deep as you want to go, man. You've been. Uh, You've been binging this all week a lot more I than have. me. I mean, I've I've been having a good time, but I've separated from it some. Almost every day, like three different times, you're posting something like it's one hundred percent. This is it's Silent Hill. <laughs> well, I, today I was one hundred percent convinced because I'll just go through it. So I, I have the Reddit thread. It is by you user Nana underscore Blair, just to give them their little credit or whatever. So it turns out to be Kojima this whole time. <laughs> That would be fucking... I'm sorry. See, there's my one. Apologies. That would be hilarious. Um, but no, okay. So let me get the date here. The tweet has been deleted. That's cool. A couple days ago, Blue Box Studio, who were behind read the randomly dropped on the PlayStation blog the teaser trailer for this game called Abandoned, which is a survival horror FPS, you know, whatever. And I didn't take too much stock in it. Did you think anything of it when it came out? Uh, it the original else? reveal? No, not yeah. really. I mean, I did the same as everyone, which is probably not a good thing of you see first person and then you, and because of the effect PT had on the gaming industry, anytime you see first person horror, you're just you like, oh, look, PT. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, I love Resident Evil 7, but even I, the, the moment, and I think it's even true still, the moment they were like, oh, look at this Resident Evil 7 demo, and then I was like, that just looks like PT. Yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, so the, that game comes out, and it's been kind of radio silent for a while. I don't remember exactly when it was shown. But so the studio, Blue Box Studios, decided to tweet abandoned equals S first letter s last letter l which i think is a that there's no other meaning especially when your game is already rumored to be silent hill right you know what you're doing with that point more importantly that I, I don't i didn't hear you say it but the tweet said guess revealed soon it said exclusive. guess the name yes guess the name abandoned soon, equals exclusive. first letter yep. s last, letter, last l, letter l reveal yep. coming soon or whatever yes and dude there that's what it is if you're going to post that and then after you get blown up with all this stuff and you're going to try and come back and say, and regardless of whether it really is a team that did not mean for this to happen, if you're not going to come out and, and I mean, I guess there might be some contractual stuff, but it feels so weird. If you're not going to come out and say, not Silent Hill, I'm going to go, we're going to go ahead and tease what the name of it is so that we can clear this up and show that we are not related to Silent Hill in any way. What we were saying is, and then bam, whatever the word is that starts with an S and ends with an L. Yeah. Like that's how you combat that. Um, but keep going. So, yeah. So they tweet that and everyone starts running with it. I think very obviously. So yeah. I do want to make one point about this uh, because this actually Moriarty brought it up. Give him his credit because I don't see him in here. He said that the Kojima game is called Silent Hills. So this would have been starts with an S, ends with an S if it's Silent Hills. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's not this because yeah. I think again I think it's clear, fairly obvious that's what they're teasing. Well, but it doesn't have to be Silent Hills. It could still exactly. be exactly. It could still, it could be, still Kojima, be a Kojima Silent Hill, but not the same game as it was. Right. Um. So yeah, the the 
I'm just going through this list, so some of this might be out out of order, but they bring up the fact that, you know, we all remember the Phantom Pain, where he had Moby Dick Studios and Joachim Mogren, which (laughs) (laughs) Joachim is Kojima, that's an anagram, and then, interestingly, I'm kind of jumping around because I know this part, but do you remember who helped him reveal MGS5? I do. It was Jeff Keighley, was who Jeff also Keighley. says he's going to be doing this one. Yep. You know, I was going to say, very involved is Jeff Keighley with this random game made by an indie studio whose only other work are palette swaps and uh, Kickstarter that didn't wasn't successful. So let's pause right there real quick, because one of the things yeah. I find interesting about this, too, is that Jeff Keighley says he's going to help launch this game, and then Jeff Keighley has also gone up and said... Um, it's not what you think. It, it, this is probably not what you're thinking. But at the same time, every bit of that Kojima discussion between yeah. him and... Uh, between Keighley and, and Kojima during the Summer Game Fest, it felt mm-hmm. so weird and, and just... St- like stalled out it felt like it was pointless it was just to have kojima on which i think yeah and i think if you look at this through the lens of ah here goes this he says he's helping now that's that talk feels a lot less canned it feels a lot less you know there's there's an interesting there's an interesting thing of that i don't know if you're going to bring it i didn't even cut you off but Kojima in that thing talks about how he wants something fun for the players and an out of game experience. I don't know the exact words. Yeah, no, he basically did. he talks about something like this. Yes, and this is not in this, but I would like to point out that the, that Kojima Koji Pro very specifically has a guy who works there whose entire job is creating ARGs. <laughs> yeah. Um. But anyway, back to this. Some of this is nuts. Um. Let's see. The Silent Hill composer teased a new game. Um, this so this is getting into the stuff I hate because it sounds ridiculous. This is I don't this isn't part of this, but they had one that pissed me off. I think you know where it was like in the Death Stranding director's cut reveal. The the box is brown and brown is yellow, red and green, oh, and the oranges yeah. are compounds of yellow green and blue and if you take out this color if you take out the matching ones because he dumped it out of the box then it means then the you box get would these be blue. And put together in blue yeah and i was like dude that is the dumbest stuff i've ever heard yeah. although factually correct dumb yeah you know what's <laughs> interesting too is that people dig for that when the far easier thing to look and take out of the very odd reveal of death stranding director's cut is the fact that on the backpack there's a netherlands flag and yes. this company blue box game studios is out supposedly Dutch the Netherlands and yeah. more importantly there is documentation showing that Kojima uh, Studios opened a Kojima Amsterdam satellite mm-hmm. studio sometime last year or the year before I can't remember so there's a lot more smoke and, and fire than there is to be like ooh box have orange if take orange yes. out left with blue <laughs> yes yeah and it, it feels like you're reaching for zero reason yes and I heard this today. I could be wrong about exactly what it is. Gorilla is a Dutch studio. They are. Ko- Kojima and Gorilla and the worked Decima on Andrew. Decima together. Yep. Decima is a direct reference to that. Yep. The name. Sweet. There you go. So that, that's either one of those, hey, this is why the flag's there. It's a reference to them or whatever it is. Um, yeah, you could say a number of things as to why it's there, but you know. Yeah. 
but exactly it, it, it's all part of this the uh the other thing with the box is that if you take out all the colors then sam jumps into a blue box and looks at the camera and winks so again take it for what you will insane maybe yeah um so the next little blue point the bullet point we have here is that the animated ps studios logo that plays ahead of third first party games glows blue for a moment what does that create brett a blue box there you go more importantly um, the blue box logo looks like the playstation studios logo it looks the same yeah it, it, <laughs> which it, it, don't it me is. wrong i'm not gonna tell you the, the the playstation studios logo is super run-of-the-mill yeah it's basic yeah very basic it but it's also minimalistic which is in right now so i get why it's there right um six days ago kojima picked uh tweeted out a picture of him with a box that's blue in some parts <laughs> see um, this th- this is one of those ones that feels like i could see it being true because we've seen kojima do this stuff yeah but at the same time this feels like looking for something that isn't there and because if you do it if you if you have an end goal in mind you can find a way to connect anything to what you want if that if you're so caught up in it that you have to f- make a connection well Let's move on to this one, which is if you want to talk about looking for loose connections. This is a tweet that Hodeo Kojima put out. He the goes, books. Uh, yes. Thanks, Harper Books. The Silent Wife by Karen Slaughter, the latest in the Will Trent series. The Last Window was kidnapping action. And then there's Joe Hill's short story, Full Throttle. He's so much more interesting in short stories than in long ones. Looking forward to both of them. There so goes, people that, have, there goes that, that S for Hill's. Yep. <clears throat> so people have pointed towards that. Um, let's see. Blue Box has no trademarks, even though the trailer says they do. This one, this 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 piece right here, is actually the one that convinced me. Um, even though there's more solid stuff, this is the one. Blue Box Studios YouTube banner is just a bunch of foggy hills. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And they have no videos. Yeah. Yep. One of the ones that got me that I see, but I actually totally understand why you do this, and it feels like the correct level of clever, but out there enough for someone to find, is yeah. the trailer for Abandon that they showed, having oh, the, the part tree. where you see the tree covering yeah. the wall that says, kill the letters. trespassers, and the yep. only two letters blocked by the tree is a T and a P. Yep. Yep. Um, that's actually true. That was that was next. That one's Good fun. You. you know that that's like the that kind one, of thing yeah. where it's like, oh, let's look and see what can we find. What and you know the ironic, right? the ironic thing about that one is that one seems the most blatant, and that's the one people disregard. Everyone I've heard about talk about this goes, yeah, that's just a coincidence, but it's there. And I'm like, no, no, they they created that shot. This is not like a movie in real life. You Look, know? I'm not going to say it. there's there's not a chance it could have been done on accident, but the fact that all of this is going around and then that's there, it, yeah. it, there's nothing that's that coincidence. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. It, it feels too <clears throat> impossible. If it ends up 100% not being Silent Hill or anything to do with Kojima at all, it's going to blow my mind how coincidental that was. Either yeah. that or they still did that on purpose to try and make people think it was Silent Hills to get the abandoned name up there. Because you exactly. do have that effect, right? Where all press is good press. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I man? don't think this I don't think this one is good press forever. Um, <laughs> so the Blue Box Game Studios logo is basically the PlayStation Studios logo logo inverted. And looking at them back to back, it's like kind of insane. Yeah. Because it's the same. Um Blue, uh, blue box is a term used for phone scams. Um, all the employees of so what blue does that box mean? Games. Let's back up because I saw that on that on one of the lists, and I don't get what it's implying there. 
a scam. That, that, that this everything is a scam? about Blue Box and Abandoned is a scam to okay. cover up. I guess the fact Silent that it said phone scam, I was like, is there something about phones I'm not picking up in this? I was curious. I mean, I, isn't there the whole phone thing in PT? I don't remember. There is a phone in PT that has a, you know, <laughs> the house happens and, to have a home. Yeah. Yes. Um, let's see. Jeff Keeley follows the studio again. I'm just reading the list. So, okay, here's one. A couple. Um, a couple, yeah. So they they showed the abandoned trailer. Then a couple months later, the Blue Box Studios revealed that Abandoned would get its own PS5 app, which would let players run the game's trailer in real time on PS5. This is cu- a curiously specific thing that not even first-party PlayStation Studio games have done. That is true, and that also screws me up because Abandoned is on the PS is on the PlayStation Store right now. Yeah, and I know for a fact that some games I've tried to buy. I can't think of any recent examples, but specifically indies aren't weren't even on the PlayStation Store the day before they came out. Yeah, and abandoned is already there. And it's like yeah, and I get that they're saying that this is an exclusive game, but there yeah. are plenty of games Sony partners with and doesn't give this level of of control right. to. You know, this level mm-hmm. of hype behind. Now you could say, well, it's a PS5 new console. They're trying new things. Arguable, fair enough. But yeah. it, it feels like the exact kind of thing that you'd catch Kojima doing and, exactly. and Sony with their long-term relationship. Like the thing about, I get some people are like, well, he didn't do it with Death Stranding. Well, Death Stranding was a really interesting situation and it kind of came down. Years have passed. Now that that game's kind of come out and Kojima's shown that he can make a game without this, maybe he's back to the lighthearted enough mood to want to do this Roots Cruise thing. And it's, mm-hmm. like I said, it's a ton of fun. Yeah, again, he has an ARG guy. <laughs> but to finish that that one, um, it raised eyebrows that an unknown game studio would be the first to pioneer the feature. Another game that got a console application as a teaser for an upcoming release, but was later abandoned, was PT. Yep. And Silent Hills. Yep. Um, so the Twitter handle for Blue Box Studio is BB Game Studios. Uh, do you know the reference there, Brett? Yep. Baby, uh, Bridge Babies. Bridge Babies. <clears throat> Blue Bog tweeted in one of their tweets that the game would feature snowflakes of blood. This was using PT trailers. This is actually not true. Um, I didn't those think P- so. Those PT teasers were until dawn teasers. Yeah, that's what I thought whenever they said that. I was like, "Are you sure?" So I thought yeah. that the whole blood and ice and snowflakes thing was all until dawn coming back around and being re-revealed was. as no longer a PS Move game. <laughs> yep. Um, Blue Box Game Studios appears to have been founded in 2015, exactly one year after the release of PT, and right around the time Kojima was going through his breakup with Konami. This one I don't like because I see no reason why Kojima would start this thinking that Ko- that he would work with Sony and Sony would end up buying the license to Silent so Hills. That I think what make they're implying is that the company wasn't actually made then and that instead it's, it's being retroactively falsely given that date that you can go yeah. and look up as a reference to the fact of it, True. it came after that point in time. But they have that Kickstarter. I mean, yeah, true. Um, <clears throat> the Blue Box Game Studios' only other game named The Whisperer was completed by another studio, and its icon is a black handprint just like Death Stranding. Um, one of their canceled games named Lost Tapes is a soundtrack in Metal Gear Solid Five. The Sam has the Netherlands logo. This is where it gets good. The the guy who the the only known employee for Blue Box Studios because all the other employees, their LinkedIn pages are all stock photos. Yeah. His Hassan Karaman, his initials are the same as Hideo Kojima. Okay. That's a coincidence. Mm-hmm. But Karaman 
in Turkish or in its native language in Tur but in Turkish oh, Jesus I screwed that up sorry Karaman in Turkish translates to Hideo and in Fridge both Japan. yeah yes and in um, Japanese and whatever language Karaman I guess Dutch both of the, those words mean hero I don't know that that matters but that's a detail mm -hmm. um, the another good one is that most of the blue box tweets um, would be around. 3 a.m. time in the Netherlands, um, but in Japan it would be about 10 a.m., which would be Koji time. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the interesting one for me is the Hassan having the Sneaky Warrior PSN account. Have you looked at that? Yeah, where it's supposed to be Hassan's, and it's got. Doesn't it have trophies for an unreleased game? Yeah, it's called um, Demon Blood, and it's with the the guy on there is like a creepy pasta it's like i think it's called siren head and this goes back to junji ito who's an incredible manga artist supposedly working with kojima and he was a really big fan of that one so that's like a subtle reference or whatever um mm. and then the amount of trophies he has the 1238 is something from a japanese silent hill commercial um hassan's youtube channel is called the 2727 silent hills was canceled on april 27th um yep caraman this is a good one too this i think this is the last one we need to go through because this is the last one here um he hassan does have an app on the apps the apple app store hmm. it's a, As a it's a it's a personal trainer app right yep which it's is the PT. only app that's not a game is called GoFit xl which sits under the health and fitness category the description of the app says at one point um, personal training in quotes PT programs <clears throat> and uh, I saw a thing raised like if that wasn't a specific reference why wouldn't it be quote um, parentheses PTP programs you know mm -hmm. yeah but yeah that's the whole blue box conspiracy so far so I have a question for you go for it what do you think the chances are that the studio that um, Kojima set up the remote studio for Kojimi, uh, Koji Pro in uh, the Netherlands was actually originally Blue Box Games, Blue Box Studios, and they yeah. were a legit company, Yep. and that's why they have a Kickstarter that you can find, and that mm -hmm. game was fully funded by a secret investor and then basically vanished and never came out. And do you think there's any reason, any way that Kojima may have came in, bought them, and then has by that uh, route he has the ability to play with the blue box name, and that's where all this ARG stuff is coming from because he's that's basically exactly. using the old branding to still do this and come out with this and say, hey, these are all these all people are connected to this, and you can find them just mm -hmm. to be able to roll it over and be like, ha ha, blue box games is actually Coach Pro Netherlands. That's exactly what I think it is. Yeah. So in that case, do you think it's actually not Kojima Pro, uh, Kojima Productions' normal studio creating it, but instead, uh, while working on Death Stranding, uh, once Sony was able to secure that license, it's been rumored for forever that there is yeah. the way that while still finishing up Death Stranding, he started doing like a Nomura situation where he was starting directorial work on another game, and that being Silent Hills, well, while the developers were a completely new form of developers, but he was still acting as... Um, director i think it's possible it's definitely possible that feels um, like the most possible way i'm not sure that silent hill could be made by normal kojima productions and the time limit that they moved off from death stranding you know what i mean 
That's the no, thing that gets me. So if if this game is being hyped up like this, my assumption is it's because the game has to be coming soon. And they keep saying this game comes this year. The, the Abandoned comes out this year. And they're even acting like Abandoned is a working title name right now. So yeah. if that's the case, then the only way I see a Silent Hill game being ready for de- delivery this year that Kojima was involved with was because Kojima had a side team and was basically working on two games directing at once, which we see plenty of Japanese people do. It's that or um, Sony was able to get whatever they had back from Konami. Oh, like from the original Silent Hills? Like, hey, not only do you give us the thing, but every every bit of work that was done on Silent Hills, we get to re-bring back in. Yeah, exactly. I wonder, though, because when people want that, I think a lot of the ideas but, that, that Kojima had with Silent Hills, you can mm-hmm. see got brought forward into Death Stranding. Maybe not in the exact sure. way, but you Well, know. yeah, but... Well, so I do have one problem with what you're saying, is they're saying that Abandoned is coming out this year. If this theory is correct, Abandoned doesn't exist. Well, but they're saying Abandoned equals. But even then, you could technically say that Abandoned can be a, the, the demo version of Silent Hill, much like PT was. And right. now we're going to get a new PT for a Silent Hill game that comes out in 2022. That, that's what I think. I think or what's going to happen. For me, this is what I, what I think will end up happening with this app is that you'll open up the app and it will just be PT. Dude, how sick would that be for all the people that, who's like gone out of their way to try and trick Sony servers to let them re-download PT? Yeah, that would legitimately be the coolest reveal of all time. I think I would fucking shit myself. <laughs> I, uh, sorry, I, I don't mean to swear. Apologies. But it's the only but, thing I could say that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. At this point, given how much I've gone through, that might be, going back to community's sake, that might make me cry. Because it would just be so cool. This would be so cool if it was real. Yeah, I think that that's the only unfortunate thing is, is I'm pretty set up to where even if it turns out to be nothing, yeah, I've had a good time this week. Exactly. But I'm not going to act like there's not going to be a, a heavy disappointment, even with me. Like I'll, I'll be okay, but I'm going to be a little disappointed that this didn't end up creating something. Like Because it's just been so fun to follow and there's so much smoke and like there's that party that just has that. Like I would call myself right now, I'm a I'm hashtag believer. Mm-hmm. even though I'm perfectly fine if it turns out being completely false. I'm not going to be mad that I was wrong. I'm not putting that much stock into it. But from what I see, I choose to do like the fairy thing where it's like, oh, if you if you believe in them, then they can exist. But if you don't, they start to die. <laughs> I'm believing in it because I want it to be the truth, you know? Yeah. Trying to uh, manifest it into reality if it's not actually true. I think another detail I didn't mention which I find funny is that Hassan's um, PSN name is Sneaky Warrior. Yeah. And I, outside of the fact that it sounds like a generic computer created one, uh, there's a certain Kojima property that has a pretty sneaky warrior in it. Mm. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but Metal Gear, yeah, Solid Snake, pretty sneaky guy. So <laughs> I think I'm fully on team. This is a Silent Hill project. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's be so weird if Death Stranding's way of teasing this was also by heavily referencing Metal Gear Solid, which could also just be teasing. It could, it could have been like triple entendre, right? Really show off that it's director's cut for Death Stranding, show off that this is teases for Silent Hills, and then also tease a Blue Point remake of Metal Gear Solid 1. 
See, that's what I think it is. I think it's the triple that, Kojima flurry, and then okay. at the end of it all, Sony announces that they're that uh, Kojima Pro is being acquired by PlayStation. So can I can I give my very hot prediction that <laughs> go for it, is going to be insane? <laughs> so we look. We have to look back at the Jeff Keighley thing. The Kojima talking was he was talking about this ARG. This is his next game. Yeah, I yeah I I'm De- fully on board with that. Death Stranding directors. I'm not talking about Silent Hills. I'm talking about what's happening now. Is is it? This is the game he was talking about. Oh, it, it was an ARG. Yeah. Yes, the Blue Box ARG is the game he was talking about. Death Stranding director's cut is the announcement of Death Stranding director's cut, and it is also the announcement that Kojima is passing on the torch of Metal Gear to Blue Point, which Sony is going to buy and expand into a Metal Gear and um uh, a remaster studio. So buy Blue while Point also. Yes, I think they're going to buy Bluepoint, and Bluepoint is going to make Metal Gear for Sony. I also think they'll do remasters, and I do think they will be buying uh, Koji Pro because, to me, like the whole there's been rumors of so, of Hideo working with uh, Microsoft, and I just don't believe it, especially with the Decima stuff. Like, why would he work on an engine that he will no longer be allowed to use? Yeah, he would definitely lose access. He did that once. He's not doing it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least in my opinion. And, and Fox Engine was a great engine that he had to completely leave behind, and no one ended up using again except for what Metagross Survive, which yeah, they threw it out. Yeah. And that sucks because it's like, why spend all this time creating a custom engine to make the exact type of games you want just to never get it again? Dude, it's just to screw them. Have you, okay, this is a tangent. I don't know how long you want to go, so we can cut this quick. But have you gone into the PT conspiracies? I mean, it depends on what you mean. As in, the entire story of PT is Koji, Kojima saying F you to Konami and basically saying, I'll be coming back with PlayStation. Oh, and that was the whole point of PT being yeah. an exclusive demo and whatnot? Yeah. Like, the father killing his son, Konami killing Hideo, like, all this kind of stuff. Like, I'll send you a video. It's really good, but I mean, there's a crazy I, conspiracy about fun, PT. Fun, but do I actually believe that? No. Uh, that was kind of like that thing where Saul liked the idea that it was always going to end up being that Death Stranding. It's just Silent Hills all along, and it turns out that Ko- uh, Kojima never left Konami to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> and that this was all just like an elaborate multi-year ruse and the thing is is like that's so hard to believe anyway because could you imagine a company be willing to take the absolute bashing from a pr standpoint that kojima that uh, konami got because of breaking up with kojima like dude that was a, a crap fest if there ever was one and i don't see any way that a company would imp- even though kojima is a big name i don't see any way that they sit there and kojima's like listen i'm gonna have to have you act like you fired me and then i'm gonna go off and say i made a new studio everyone's gonna hate you but when we finally release the game all of that four years of hate you had to sustain will feel great <laughs> because everyone will love you again i mean you could make the argument that that's the reason they're starting now right because everything about them going back into games has been starting to happen around this time so maybe that's true maybe he did that i don't believe it but i don't believe that at all though it would do it would be crazy if saul was right on that what a way to call it you know what i mean yeah and i know saul kept saying it kind of more as like the just the conspiracy theory crazy thing like death stranding is uh, death stranding pt (laughs) yeah but I mean, you know, it is what it is. It, it's interesting. So in a lot of ways, we're talking about um, 
and this might be where some of your hot takes come in on this, but this is going to be our way to kind of transition into the last topic, uh, which mm-hmm. is a rev- uh, an interview that uh, came out from Jim Ryan again, where he was talking about that. It was that same interview with Axios where he's talking about Sony's approach to basically making games from their first party lineup and just from general deals with um with second party and third party studios and in this he says quote nurturing creative talent is not as simple as throwing money at it end quote which i think is definitely at some point somewhat aimed at how quickly and readily microsoft threw money at a bunch of stuff yes and then he follows that up with something that may point against that but he says quote you also must give them the freedom to be creative to take risk and to come up with new ideas end quote and then he goes on to talk about ghost to tsushima which was sucker punch's big change up from infamous and he says quote we want first party developers to use our hardware as their creative palette end quote and that's for the most part what this is um and he finishes that all up, and then we'll kind of talk about it with, quote, if games like Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, Returnal, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart are examples of what developers can achieve in the first six months on PS5, imagine what we'll see in the, in the year two or three. Um, and it's interesting, because Xbox's solution to solving their first-party lineup of not having enough output was to just throw enough money at enough studios. Now, you can look and think that maybe Microsoft is stripping them of their autonomy and their ability to make you know creative choices freely and take risk and whatnot, uh, though we hear mm-hmm. a lot of stuff saying that, some, that Microsoft's not doing that. Hopefully that's the case. Um, but it does it is something interesting because I've often said that I think the best way for Sony to handle this is foster talent internally. And to some degree, you always have to throw money at anything because things don't get made without money. But I think it's more of the implication that just because you have a talent, you have 30 talented people in a room and you throw $10 million at them does not mean that the end product is going to be equivalent to what you put into it in terms of value or anything. And I think it's looking at leadership and all those different things and letting people who are kind of risk takers and whatnot kind of lead the charge and do big changes that way and how you can build that up as more of a culture at a place instead of just throwing a bunch of money and then telling them after you throw a bunch of money, do what you want. I think when you see it built from the ground up that way or years and years and years of working with a studio like Insomniac and letting them know 100% that they've always had the freedom to do what they want to and then buying them, it feels a lot different than Microsoft throwing a bunch of money at studios that seemingly felt like weird acquisitions. Um, yeah, I think there's a mix of both that they need, obviously. Sure. Um, I don't know. Well, I guess as it pertains to the last thing we were talking about, right? If we look at it and we say that this whole thing is Sony getting by whatever means that it was, uh, if they do get the rights to be at Metal Gear Solid or even all of the Konami properties, uh, be it through licensing or whatever, that's throwing money at a, <laughs> at a problem to get a solution. <laughs> True. Um, then, if we're talking about Sony throwing money at Bluepoint, 
though arguably they're they're much like an insomniac thing sony has been yeah. working with blue point as far back as shadow of the colossus uh hd collection on ps3 the god of war hd collection on ps3 they've been working with them for a long time it's a very long running thing and this is not even like you know we have two examples of ground up remakes working specifically with sony let alone all the remasters working with sony and they don't really have that many things they've made outside of it except for ironically metagross solid collection which they worked with konami on so it's interesting that like yeah throwing money at but we, we we both mentioned immediately throwing money at two different developers they don't have to bring them in but both of those developers are long-running relationships and i think it really speaks to what sony's talking about even if they do throw money at either of those places i think they've proven to both of those studios what it's going to be when they come in like hey we're throwing money at you to bring you into the fold because we already believe in you and we've already shown you that we believe in you by partnering with you and still giving you freedom over multiple mm. projects over multiple years so i think it's a little bit of sony putting their money where their mouth is yeah i don't know i guess um i i'm trying to think of the best way to word this but i think the thing with buying koji pro or buying blue point is that I don't think you're just, I guess, right. The thing with the Yankees, right. In baseball was for a lot of their, their run when they were very successful, they would just buy the best player, right? They had the core. So no Yankees fans needs to come complain to me about, you know, Ooh, they had Bernie and Jeter. I don't care. The, the point I'm making is that they went out and they bought the best to win. And I think the difference between buying a one studio at a time that you want to integrate into your family, especially the way Sony has done this, is buying studios that are already integrated into your family in a second party capacity is a very different thing than saying, we want Starfield exclusive, so we're just going to buy all of you. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't think that that's the same as fostering talent that's buying wins and that's not to say sony's not going to do that because the big rumor is that gta 6 is going to be exclusive yep. right yeah and if that's Though true it wouldn't like, be to be fair it wouldn't, it be, wouldn't exclusive. be forever exclusive. yeah it wouldn't be exclusive well even if it is it would probably still go to pc but it wouldn't be exclusive by nature of acquiring the entire company it would right. be they're not buying rockstar yeah. to get you, GTA. You'd, you'd basically buy the game in the way that netflix bought that um, movie they ended up turning into a Cloverfield movie for whatever reason. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Ten, yeah. Yeah, so it's just that if they want to do that, they want to buy the game, it's for them to do, but it's just that single game. But, I mean, right. you're, the point is still arguably the same because at the end of the day, buying a game is just because you know it's a win. You're buying, you, you just bought a win. Right. That's the thing. I, I've said it before. If, if Sony got a GTA 6 exclusive, the generation's over. Sony wins. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, it, it's done. Um but I think that's the fundamental difference between the two companies' philosophies. And I don't think either is necessarily wrong. I think one is significantly crappier. Um, but, you know, Sony wants to foster the talent. That's why we're seeing them open, work with opening studios like Haven and I can't remember the other ones. But the new studios that they're announcing that don't have games, but they're basically saying to you, Microsoft has Bethesda, but we're working with all these people. I think that's why they're talking about them. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think so as well. Like, hey, for what we're not doing from sheer acquisitions, instead we have people who are coming to us and trusting us and we're trusting them and we're nurturing this up without even having to own them. Right. This is just us partnering with these people and you know understanding that we can get something great out of it and yeah. I, I mean i think that's that's why like the the first koji pro game uh like the independent kojima productions with death stranding was through sony without sony just being like hey we're going to buy you instead it's like mm -hmm. listen we've worked with you many a years kojima we think that we're the right place for you to make your game and we think we've shown you that throughout multiple years here you are. Here's our offer. If you want to take it, that'd be great. And I think it's exactly why he took it. He knew what he was getting into. After yeah. years of being strapped down by Konami and being told what can and can't happen, and clearly that being the source of where all their fights came from, I think that Sony opening the door and saying, this is us extending our trust that we have for you to you, and then you make what you want to within that, and that's how we trust you and we think that we can get the best out of you is by letting you have unbridled you know faith in whatever it is you want to make and it was a it was a gamble i don't think death stranding was a gamble that paid off as much as sony may have been may have been hoping for but i think it was it broke even if nothing else and it just made yeah. sony look good from a pr standpoint and show that they can work with people who are the only people in gaming who when they make a game their name is on the case whether that's a good or a bad thing depending on who you ask it's the Hideo, Hideo Kojima is the only person in gaming that that happens to. Yeah, and I think it's a good thing. I think that should happen more. It's weird. I think that, there's been well, people talking me, about it. Did you watch the Jaffe stream where uh, uh, I didn't? John but. Garvin was on there and talking about how he thinks that games are such collaborative efforts in such a different way than films that it's a little too hard to want to have one person's name be up there because it feels like stolen valor. I don't. I don't agree with that at all. I guess I'm not a game dev, so maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, speak, yeah exactly. but, nor am I. So I don't want to but, speak from a position of power on that at but all. But isn't the whole thing right where you look forward to a Scorsese movie and you look forward to a Tarantino movie? And I think the gaming industry is missing. No, we have it, but you you know people are excited for Ken Levine's next game, Sight Unseen. Kojima's next game, Sight Unseen. Jonathan Blow, Sight Unseen. They can do anything they want. I would argue uh, that people would say the same about Sean Murray with No Man's Sky, right? I, yeah, I just so think it's I less think, than movies. I think more people understand, know movie directors by names than games. But that's also partially because of the gaming but, industry's reluctance of putting names up there. Well, that's the thing is I think they should, right? If I So if I go to a studio, right, and I say, here's what I want to do. Here's the story. Here's the world. You guys build it. It's They made the game but it's my idea right so if you put you know chris figueroa's i don't know uh scarlet rexus and that's the <laughs> game <laughs> right you get that to me it sends the message of okay this is the type of game he's gonna make right you go to you go to lily mo games that you know colin moriarty owns you know that you're getting a small indie game and i think that's that's where a Hideo Kojima game is an event, and I think we should have more of those. We should have more. What the hell is this guy working on? What is who is our version of Scorsese? Who's Spielberg? Who's so anyone like this? To Garvin's point, and it somewhat answers your thing, right? Is that the what gaming chose to do, be it because of the group effort and everyone agreeing that this is the way they wanted to do it or what, is that instead of giving people directors' names they latch on to um instead gaming gets to understand 
developer names. And that's why someone's saying the next Bethesda game carries weight because we know the games Bethesda's made. Like, See, everyone knows would, that Skyrim was made by Bethesda. Less people need to know that it was made you. by Todd Howard, uh, which, don't get me wrong, has issues, right? Because then Bethesda can say, oh, well, Bethesda Game Studios is working on this game, but Todd Howard didn't direct it, so it ended up not being as good as I thought or what I wanted. It's kind of like the old uh, Dark Souls 2 thing where the, yeah. the game Miyazaki didn't make is the one that nobody really liked nearly Garbage as much. Garbage <laughs> Everyone knows that Dark Souls 2 is the worst one. I think the reason is because everyone knows Miyazaki hasn't done that, hasn't been there. Yeah, I mean, definitely at this point in the game, it's almost like when a FromSoft game is shown, the first question is, did Miyazaki work on it? Yeah. And it's not, it's not, it's not even like they don't even have to ask it. It's almost like when they reveal it, somewhere in line it'll be like, directed by Miyazaki. Or like the, the news blurt release will be like, uh, Elden Ring being directed by Miyazaki. It's like right. they want to make sure you know. Whereas yeah. like they weren't like, oh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart being directed by ryan i don't actually know who directed it so don't don't throw a name in that but that also goes to my point i don't know who directed it because it's not as important people don't look at insomniac and immediately want to know who the director is in the same way that they want to know who the director was behind a FromSoft game so yeah i don't know i guess there's only one point i wanted to push back on that was you saying that you know most people aren't looking for that that information and we're talking to a small subset of gamers and i think the thing is the small subset of gamers are the only ones who give a crap who's the one who wrote it and directed it only a small subset of games really cares that it's a kojima game you know in my yeah. opinion well i think kojima is big enough that i was gonna say kojima kind of goes through yeah. but anyone who was looking forward to jade raymond's stadia game mm -hmm. directed by jade raymond could be on that box it should yeah. be yeah, and, and specifically to that degree. And I, I won't say, I think it's one of those things where if you do both, it ends up having both benefits. For people who do care, they're going to be that much more excited that they know without even having to question that this is a Jade Raymond game. And mm -hmm. then for people who don't know anything about who Jade Raymond is, um, this is a bad example because it's not with a studio that's been long running. It won't mean anything. But for the people who care, there it is. It might intrigue some people to go, is she so important that her name's on the box? It must be good. She must be some kind of big person then. But exactly. then the secondary thing is, if you do it for something like uh, FromSoft, right, it comes down to where if someone played a FromSoft game and are really into them but not enough to be online constantly complaining about the fact that Miyazaki didn't develop one, they can just go, oh, this is a FromSoft game. I really like that last one I saw from that was like Sekiro, and then bam, they just want to buy the game because of that. But then if it's somebody who's more important, they're walking through and be like, wait, you tell me this is a Miyazaki one? Exactly. Yeah, I, mean, it, it, I could see both being beneficial, which is arguably what Konami and Kojima did for years. Also weird, because Konami and Kojima are so similar mm -hmm. it, that I always thought it was weird. I was like, what? You could you could probably put up there a Konami game and people would think that you said Kojima anyway. Ah <laughs> <laughs> right, man, um, well I mean I guess I don't really have much more about the way that Sony views their nurturing talent versus throwing money at it because, like we said, I think to some degree you're always going to throw money at uh, at talent because it's part of how talent gets to do anything. But I, I like the way you put it. Are you buying a win or are you? taking a bet and putting money into someone that you might be able to bring into your fold later. And I think the reason that a lot of the 
Xbox acquisitions felt weird was because of the fact that there was no relationship that was tangible for anyone, even people who pay attention. Like, um, I remember thinking that Ninja Theory being bought by Microsoft was so weird because Hellblade was partnered with Sony and mm-hmm. Sony was a big part of that game. And before all that, we know that Sony was one of the first people to do anything with uh, Ninja Theory with Heavenly Sword. And that was kind of a strained relationship. So it's fair. But the fact that they came back to Sony and Sony supported uh, Hellblade seemed to show that, okay, this is them kind of getting over that and working towards something. And then, bam, out of the blue, Microsoft's like, yeah, we bought them. Yeah. Uh, okay. Exactly. You bought, you bought these people that you have. That would be like Microsoft going and being like, "Oh yeah, we bought Square Enix, even though Square Enix pretty much never does very much with us at all, if not completely their Western games like Rise of the Tomb Raider, which also Square Enix got a ton of crap for." So mm-hmm. it's just because it fell out of the blue, you know. So yeah. it is what it is. But uh, Chris, I think that wraps up the episode, man. Thank you for joining me. I know I'll be seeing you next week as well. Uh, <laughs> so appreciate that. What do you think the uh, community's take should be for today? Oof. Oof. I don't know. I almost want to. <laughs> I almost want another Kojima joke, but I don't know what it could be. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, do you think the community's take should be in relation to uh, whether or not game directors should have their name on the boxes? Yeah, sure. Because I do think that's an interesting one. I'm curious to see. I mean, of course, it's not a best sample size because it's literally all people who listen to us, which means they keep up with gaming. Yeah. But it's still an interesting view of even what the bigger parts of gaming, uh, how they feel about those things. Like people I guess who pay more, more attention. More than even should, i almost more curious if that would move a needle for you if you knew hey, this is a blankety-blankety-blank game, and I really liked blankety-blank's last two games, you know? Yeah. Well, And then it would also be this thing of where, like with movie directors, even if they go to a different developer, you can leverage that, which you can say, like, news will leverage that anyway. But yeah, Jade Raymond leaving her old thing, you could be like, oh, whoa, that's Jade Raymond? I don't know who Hazel is or whatever that is. Haven. Uh, Haven. Uh, I'm thinking of Hazel, which is that guy's (laughs) engine he's creating. (laughs) The the Cherno. Yes. (laughs) I like the guy. He's cool. Uh, But yeah, the people, some of them, I have zero clue who Haven is, but I remember Jade Raymond from this. Uh, Yeah, there's something that could be beneficial there. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, if so, if for whatever reason Miyazaki decides to split up with FromSoft and go somewhere else and he can be like, oh, look at this, um, look at this Bethesda <laughs> Miyazaki game. <laughs> Bethesda-ki. Yeah, so like, oh, this is a Bethesda game. I don't really care for Bethesda, but it says Miyazaki directed it. So maybe I'll give it a try. I mean, I'm sure it moves the needle for someone, but how big of... How much does it move the needle and for how big of a group is an interesting question at, at all points. And I don't know if it's something you never genuinely get the answer for, but I don't know. I wonder if numbers are the reason they don't do it or if it's just kind of been a thing where developers have kind of stood in solidarity to normally not put themselves as the main person, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know, though, because Kojima's obsession with movies make me think that he was probably all over being like, yeah, a Hideo Kojima game, just like a Scorsese film. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I think, and I think that's cool. All right, so that's our community take. Uh, Would you like to see game directors' names put up? Uh, Real quick, uh, Chris, would you specify, uh, how would you go when a game is like Days Gone where it has a game director and a creative director? Would it always be the creative director? 
since it was uh, his story and idea i think so yeah but okay. it, i guess you you could make an argument for either i guess it depends right it depends on yeah. who they are because the game wouldn't happen without uh, i guess that's true too but also the game wouldn't happen regardless of the story if it wasn't for the game director if, if they aren't one in the same right and exactly. oftentimes they are but there are certain examples that, where they're not that that may be a situation where you just don't put a name on it i'm not saying everyone needs a name i'm just saying sure, i would like sure i think more is good yeah because i'm gonna tell you right now if you say days gone a, a john garvin game i love john garvin and i like ben studios and i have for years that moves the needle for basically no one at the point of time when days gone came out yeah someone would be but, like who the hell is john garvin <laughs> But if John, I don't know if he was, but if John Garvin had been there for Siphon Filter, he was. And it had been okay. So if Siphon Filter had been John Gar, a John Garvin game, yep. Then when Days Gone came out and it said a John Garvin game, people would have been hyped as hell. Yeah, I mean, fair. Your point stands. I just, you I wonder how much it. it would have actually worked. But I think it's years of being a complete opposite system that's made it that's made it to where it's it's hard to kind of imagine that. Yeah. so we'll see what the greater group of people think but thanks man uh, remember if you want to hit us up on Twitter you can do so at triangle sqrd and take place uh, take part of the community's take that we were just talking about you can hit up Chris and uh, give him pats on the back for his hot takes at figz21k on Twitter you can reach out to our Facebook group triangle square to PlayStation podcast if you ask to be entered in there we will gladly get you into that fold and if you want to join the discord in our day-to-day discussions as well as many of our other listeners and longtime friends you can head down in the description below click the link be brought in we'd love to have you and you can talk in the podcast discussion channel talk about things that we talk on this episode you can talk in the community's take channel specifically about things in relation to the community's take that we're doing uh, and a bunch of other stuff so uh, that's all there and if you want to get early access to different things remember head over to patreon.com slash nartech and get early access for things like spoiler chats and midweek matinee and uh, lastly we will kick you in next week but we always give a shout out to our patrons all of them for the time being until it grows to a point where it's a little too crazy to do so so without further ado shout out to Kai Grim, Kyle Grimm Josh Jarrell Matthew Green my name is Dan Luke Bartolomeo Sean Sanderud Funk Turkey Dandy Villiobos Corey Hickerson Blake Blake Popes, Kevin Bacon Bits, Mark Schutz, Shadowist, Steven Salazar, The Stonard, Rich, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs, Zachary Sawyer, Landis, Brood Days 93, Josh Drago, Bailey Robertson, Brian, Donovan Williams, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Joshua Lago, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, Jehudi MD, Rob Warpoint, Richard Schaefer, and Hammond Egger. Thank you all so much.